Welcome to the Next Dimension Podcast, your portal to an extended reality. Every week we talk about the hottest topics in XR and let you join the discussion live on MRTV. And now, get ready for another exciting episode coming up. Hi and welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of the Next Dimension Podcast, your podcast that's all about VR and AR. And I'm totally looking forward to today's episode because we're going to find out everything about the VR Trend Magazine. It's my honor to say hello to Daniel and Cody from the VR Trend Magazine. How are you guys doing? Hey guys, doing great. How are you guys doing? Happy to be here. Pretty good. Really, really good. And we're going to find out everything about your magazine and well that's going to be super exciting so where are you located daniel and cody we are in idaho in the usa in idaho well we're right on the border of idaho and washington state okay pacific northwest yeah okay cool i'm so looking forward to find out how you started with the VR Trend magazine and what was your idea behind starting a physical magazine in this time about (laughs) this niche product that is VR right now. So amazing that you are on this episode. Thank you so much. Also, of course, with us here today is Gary. Gary from Immersed Robot. How are you doing, Gary? Really good, yeah, yeah, great, thank you. Uh, Excited to talk about VR Trend magazine. I've got I've got my three copies here. I should have oh, more. Oh, so perfect. I'm going to get my act together and get back on board with this, honestly. I will. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've got I've got my three copies here. Um, but, yeah, oh, fantastic. So cool. Oh, you have number one. That's, yeah. the, that's the one everyone wants, man. Oh, we, we, we only made like 45 of them, so we get messages every day of people wanting number one to complete their collection, and we just don't have them. Yeah. You Make only sure have 45 of them? Yeah, 45 or 65 of them. Yeah, we didn't yeah. make that much of, of issue What? One. And yeah. Gary has one of them. It's unbelievable. Gary, this is going to be worth so much money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, Daniel and Cody, can I still get my hands on issue number one? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's we're, we're over. a reprint sometime. Yeah, we want to do, we want to do a reprint soon. Um, hope, hopefully sometime <laughs> soon. We'll, we'll see how it all comes together. Will that okay. devalue my one copy? That's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah probably yes. Probably yes. <laughs> it might. It might be a slightly different version, just so your copy, you know, keeps its legitimacy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like for, and, for and, it's, and it's um, what's what's the word? It's a uh, amateurity. It was the first magazine we did, so there's okay. a lot of spelling errors in it. Actually, if you that's read through perfect, it with, the time, though. with the comb, you know. Okay, <laughs> that, that, that's perfect, Gary. You are rich right now. Yeah, make, make no mistake. This is one of 45 in the world. Are you kidding me? This is unbelievable. Oh my goodness. Limited edition. Limited edition. Perfect. Yeah, you can probably, you know, trade that for a headset. Right? I think so. Absolutely. Get, a, get an arrow or something. Wow. That is incredible. That is so cool. Yeah. Also with me, my name is Sebastian Ang, and I am the founder of MRTV and also the host of this show. And if you have never heard about the Next Dimension podcast, well, this show is all about VR and AR. It is live streamed every Saturday at 9 p.m. Burden time, 8 p.m. in London, um, noon in San Francisco, 3 p.m. in New York City. And what time is it in Idaho right now? 12 o'clock. Noon. Okay, okay, you're in PT. Yep. Same you're time, yep. Okay, all right. Yeah, and this is also an audio podcast, so you can find us on 
Amazon, on iTunes, on Google, everywhere. And we would be really, really grateful, of course, if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes. So get out your iDevice, open the podcast app, and do leave us a good review if you enjoy this show. All right. And now, as we always do, we want to find out about your weeks. And first of all, Daniel and Cody, tell us a bit more about your life as VR Trend Magazine founders. What is your what what is your uh, weekly routine, and 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 how did your how did how how was your last week like? And in general, tell us how you started with the VR Trend Magazine. We're going to talk way more about the VR Trend Magazine in the end of the show, but give us a, a glimpse and an idea about how everything started. Okay, you want to know how it started, or you just want to know well, a day in the life? Let's, let's talk about <laughs> Both. This, this last week. So yeah, we've been okay. pushing really hard for a Kickstarter. Right. So exactly. It just got funded last night, and we're super excited about that. So we're we're coming off on that yeah. on there. So we've been pushing pretty hard, getting Wait. that done while we're working on the next issue. Yeah, we went to bed last night. We were fifty three percent funded on Kickstarter, and we have just today's the last day. I think we have maybe like twenty eight hours, twenty four hours. I think it ends tomorrow morning. So I think. Oh, really? Yeah, something like that. But um, so we were like, okay, we're at fifty percent, you know, and we we're kind of feeling a little, you know, defeated in the midst of putting this new issue out and trying to get it all right. together. Um, and and we finished, we did our cover reveal early this morning, and um, and then we woke up this morning and we were one hundred and three percent funded. And Cody texted me at like seven in the morning, and we were <laughs> both just kind of freaking out. And it's been a good. Good couple days. Uh, you know, Perfect. Congratulations. And mm -hmm. I will put the link to your Kickstarter down in the description of this video and also the audio podcast. So people who still want to join the Kickstarter will be able to. And I'm also going to put your link to Patreon there. And uh, I can proudly say that I'm a new Patreon and I will get your next issue. And I'm looking forward to that. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> this is really good. So tell us about about the beginning of you making a real magazine, as in with paper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a bit crazy, right? In, it is, yeah. In 2021. So, yeah, yeah. So we, we originally had the idea, and it was 2019. Yeah. Right? It was, well, it, was, it was literally a month before the pandemic started. We were both working at a publishing company that did publish, oh, okay. uh, magazine publishing for the real estate. Right. For real estate, uh, real estate. Yeah, they did a real estate magazine to send to real estate customers, and um, um, I was I was working that job while I was also doing um, you know uh, the brand ambassador stuff for Facebook for their Oculus Quest Two, um, as well as is helping out with some other VR projects. So um, you know we've 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 been interested in VR. We've been doing VR stuff, and we were just kind of sitting in the office and and talking <laughs> instead of working and. Um, <laughs> And it, talking about our mutual love for like gaming magazines in yeah, the past. You yeah. Know? And right, it wasn't right. even a VR thing. We were just talking about like tips and tricks and Nintendo Force. I don't remember why the, the subject came up. And then, um, you know, and then we just, you know, I said something about, dude, wouldn't it be cool if there was a magazine for, for VR? And, yeah. it, you know, we, we kind of started talking about that. And the first thing came up, you know, the, the first thing we thought of was, well, no, maybe not. The best thing because it's a physical magazine in the middle of a pandemic about a, about a about, virtual technology yeah, like a really futuristic technology you know 
So right. I just, I put out a tweet on Twitter just to pick some brains, just said, hey, would anyone be interested in this? And enough people said yes, that kind of motivated us to just kind of take the next steps. So we uh, we started a, um, a Patreon um, and we didn't even, it wasn't, we didn't advertise it anywhere. We were just in the middle of setting up and we already got a, we got a couple of Patreons right off the bat. Wow. And um, we were like, oh dude, maybe like, maybe there's people out there who, you know, are around our age group who have that nostalgia for, you know, the way things used to be with those old gaming magazines and stuff like that. And, um, you know, maybe we have something here. So we, we pushed the Patreon out and we, we got up to like, I think 63 Patreons within like the first week. Um, wow, that's incredible. Going to our first issue. And, and what's funny about that is we didn't have anything. We were like, dude, now we have to make a magazine. Now we have no choice. <laughs> we have all these people who are paying us to make a magazine. We have to do it. Right. So then came the, how are we going to source content? How are we going to print the magazine? How are we going to ship the magazine? Are we going to offer this internationally? And it was just all these questions right. that we didn't think of when we were drinking our coffees, sitting in our office, getting ready for work, you know? Wow. Yeah. This is so interesting. <laughs> so um, you're still working together for this real estate magazines right now? No, 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 we're not. Um, okay, I am, okay. I am doing uh, VR and contracting for different companies um, yes. right now. And then, and then we're doing the magazine, It, not full time, but it is taking a lot of time. <laughs> it is taking a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but and, but and then we have a, a graphic design uh, business. Yeah. So we do graphic well. design stuff and okay. You know, yeah. shoot videos, wedding videos, just anything we can to just keep you know keep uh, keep this this journey alive. So the dream, the dream. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's not easy to survive in this industry since it's, we're still very niche, right? We're going to talk about this in a moment. Like, it seems like there's like 5 million active users of VR, which is not a lot, honestly speaking. And uh, to make a living, is not easy. But it's amazing that you came up with this idea and that it has traction. And I, well, I am for sure from this generation that loved gaming magazines. Th that was like the biggest thing ever to get the newest issue of some um, yeah gaming magazine. Like for me, it was like, Amiga, like in Germany, we had this Amiga. Do you remember this Amiga? You oh, also yeah. had I've it. Got, I've got an Amiga 1200 right here. Oh, that's um, right that's next a, to me. That's here, incredible. Honestly. Yeah, I had the Amiga 500, and there yeah. were some gaming magazines, and wow, I loved them. And exactly, you are kind of like recreating that feeling for me, like yeah. I, like like um. Like probably it's it's like our generation. Like I'm I'm in my 40s right now, and uh, mm. you guys, how old are you? We're in our 30s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's great that you're recreating this <laughs> this feeling. Yeah. And and that was you know that was our thought too. We knew that this, if if we like it and if if these people you know that have already became our patreons like it, there's going to be more people out there. And that's not to say that we're bound to just do physical magazines and we can't do digital and we can't do videos and we can't do stuff that encompassed it. But it's it's so nice. And when you look at just the sheer amount of news and content and um, articles that come out for VR every day from everyone, you know, trying to push their perspective on everything. Right. There's not a cumulative, you know, as of right now, there's not a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a um, compendium, like, yeah, there's not place. like a hard, you know, yeah. there's nothing written in stone, right? Exactly. You but know? now and, we and have that's it. kind of what this is. It <laughs> kind of serves as that, you know, 20, like I, I say all the time, 20 years from now, you know, your kid might be walking in a thrift store and find a VR trend magazine and pick it up and look through it and be like, this is what it was like. Like, this is stuff I, I that love, they would I never, love the idea. You so know what I mean? Like they're going to see. And, <laughs> I know. And it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. We used to have these shoe boxes taped to our face basically. And that's how we had to experience VR, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 
exactly. our kids are going to laugh at us, you know, and they're going to yeah. put in their contact lens or whatever it is and blast off into the metaverse. So. Yeah. It's so beautiful to have it physically, you know, you yeah. can, you can, I don't yeah. know, I'm, put it, put it into cool, a time right? machine and then you find it just like you said, and then you have it there and you can really read what was going on at that time. It's something and totally it, different than, than a YouTube channel or what. <laughs> absolutely. And it's community based, right? So the, the, yeah. like the one thing we like about it is everyone in within our like Twitter sphere of community, a lot of the people who support us have been in the magazine, whether they've written for it or just have photos in it or just, you, you know, whatever the case may be done art for it and, and provided assets. So it, it really kind of brings everyone together because there's nothing cooler. It, it's pretty cool to get a magazine, but then to open it and like see yourself yeah. in the magazine and a story you wrote in the magazine. Um, okay. it's, it's cool, man. It feels yeah. really wow. good. And, and there's definitely a lot of stories to tell. You know, obviously there's a ton of coverage on, you know, the latest technology that's coming out, VR right. related, all of that stuff. But, you know, we, we often try to cover things that are happening in the community as well. Yeah, oh, so it's right. not less less on like, hey, this game's coming out. This is going to be great. Yeah, that's important. People want to see it. But it's also like, hey, did you know that there's this independent dev out here who's building a game based on his autistic child's drawings, right? Okay. Did you know that there's someone out there who's streaming VR specifically to combat PTSD for soldiers, right? Wow. I mean, there's Amazing, all yeah. this different stuff that just doesn't get it doesn't get the exposure that it needs because it's not, you know, realistically, it's not going to bring in the views on a YouTube video or whatever the yeah. case may be. Right. So it gets kind of lost in the static. So this is a good way for us to, to bring that. And what we're finding is these are the guys that are more than happy to write for us and help curate that content and help us push the magazine because they have an objective too of, of getting their passions and ideas out there. So it's, it's been coming together very well. Wow. I so love it. It's just a, such a good idea. And if I want to contribute, if I, let's say, want to write an article, I can simply send it to you or how would that yeah, work? Any, <laughs> literally anyone can. I mean, we have editors and we, we do the design work, but you just send yeah, us right. an email, uh, info at vrtrendmagazine.com with your, what your idea is. Hey, you know, I play Roblox in VR and I want to write about it. Or, hey, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm really into um, this specific niche in VR chat or whatever the game right. may be or the project you're working on or whatever. And um, we just, we reach out, we put an article together. It's wonderful, really yeah. wonderful. And um, yeah, I'm going to have your email address again down in the description of this video and also the link to your Kickstarter and the link to your Patreon. I think probably Patreon is even more important. I, I'm not sure yes. where you for, want for people us, to um, support you. Yeah, for us, the Patreon is because it's what, I mean, the Kickstarter was was great to get us this next step of like updating our shipping and, and, and right. cure some of the issues we, we're, we've been having. But the Patreon's what keeps the magazine alive. And okay, you know, which allows us to pay for just the printing and the shipping because that's, that's essentially that's how you're going to subscribe and get your your magazine to your mailbox. So. Yeah. Great, yeah. and it's worldwide. Absolutely. Well, I'm here in Germany, and I pay like nine euro now, and I'm going to get that magazine. Well, it's, it's <laughs> I'm so, so excited! I'm, I'm so looking forward to get it, and I will make a video once I get the first my first issue. I will make a video about it, and I'm super excited. Like Can, one uh, of the coolest moments we have is once we finish an issue, it gets shipped out, and yeah. then. About a to, week later, to the whole world, right? I mean, everyone, wow. yeah, to the whole world, and then all of a sudden, like we start getting pictures of people holding their magazines. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, that's the best, man. That's yeah, the best. that is or, so cool. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, tackling a a magazine just the two of us, you know, can be pretty overwhelming. That's and, crazy. I think exactly. You know, we'll, yeah, we'll have weeks where we just lose our minds there for a while, <laughs> disappear, fall off the planet. You know, finish right. it, and then like you don't really hear anything for a bit, and it's yep. it's just so exciting to 
recreate that moment that I know. And that and that week that week or two when it's shipping, you're sitting there like, oh, I hope everyone likes it, and I hope we <laughs> I hope we didn't make a mistake, and I hope we sent the correct shipping list out. You right. know, yeah. we've been doing this for a year now. This is issue seven, and we're still learning the best ways to do things, especially when you talk about shipping. Shipping international is just right. it's like a job on its own. It's insane. Um, you know, so. so we're we're still just learning and and trying to <laughs> trying to you know kind of smooth things out. Yeah. Okay, friends in Europe, if you want this magazine, it's only nine euros per month, and you support these two guys who do so much for the community. And well, I'm loving it, and I'm so happy that you're here. So I'm a proud new Patreon, and I would be very happy if some of you guys out there would also support this fantastic idea and put on this nine euros and get this magazine. I'm telling you, when I get my first issue, I'm going to make a video about it. I'm going to put it on Twitter with me and a German beer, and I hope that's going to make your day. <laughs> every yes. and every issue, every issue comes with a poster as well, so you can put a poster on your wall back there. Okay, you know? great. Oh yeah, yeah. That is, that's, that's what cool. we want to see. <laughs> okay, right, perfect. Right wow. behind your amazing setup back there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that, yeah. Wow. Let's see what kind of posters in the next issue. Do you already know that, or? Yeah. Okay. Do you, you want to know? Yeah, I want to know. Okay, so um, we did our cover reveal this morning, and the cover for the magazine was an After the Fall cover. Oh, perfect. So we're going to have, a segment, today. Yeah, we're gonna have yeah. a segment on After the Fall in it, and a full spread um, in, a, nice. in an interview we did with some stuff in there. And then it's going to be accompanied with a nice poster as well for you to put on your wall. We should. I love it. We should link you to the reveal trailer. Like, we yeah. should play that because I'm really proud of Danny made it, and it's it's pretty cool. It's like okay. 20 seconds long. But yeah, it's really wow. Neat. So, so cool. Yeah. So, Danny and Cody, Great. thank you so much for being on today's show. We're going to talk more about the VR Trend magazine in the end of the show, but we're also going to talk about like current stuff. And I look forward to find out what you think about all the, all the topics today. Yeah. Gary, Gary, how about your week? How, have your, how was your last week? It was good. So one of the main things I want to talk about, first of all, is this fantastic little device here. <laughs> I have it too. Exactly. I saw your video on it as well. So this is the yeah, uh, too. Bobo VR M2 Pro um, head strap, replacement head strap for the Oculus Quest. And it comes with hot swappable batteries. And this in itself is worthwhile because the satisfaction that you get just by having that little <laughs> yeah. click there. Oh, no. I loved it too so much. Yeah. You know, uh, I did it like four times in my video. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you pick up this headstrop, it comes with one battery included, and then you can purchase extra batteries. And then you've basically got a quest that won't die. Uh, you can just rotate the batteries and have constant power. But it's really comfortable as well. I've got to say, in the video that I made for this on my channel... I wish I was actually a little bit more enthusiastic on it because the more I've used this, <laughs> the better it, it, it feels. It's it's so good. Um, and my yeah. son's been using it a lot, and he says this was this is better to, for him than the uh, Elite battery strap, which is the head strap I used before. Still a great head strap, by the way, that Elite battery strap. I know it's got its problems with cracking and stuff like this. Uh, yeah, that people mine never cracked. Mine was okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a fantastic head strap for anybody that's interested. And it's half the price of an elite battery strap as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it, when I try certain things, I, I tend to, uh, I'm not somebody that gets over enthusiastic too often about things like this. Um, but this is a good one. This is a yeah. good one. So I can, I can recommend it 
uh, wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's fantastic. Perfect. Can you get um, it in the UK though? Like in Germany, we can only get it through Alibaba, like getting it from China directly. Can you get it in uh, Amazon uh, um, Co UK or? Not yet. I, I emailed them. Same, and they said same. they were getting stock into Amazon UK uh, next week. Okay, um, this, perfect. This coming week. But since then, I think somebody has mentioned that now it's been pushed back to next year for some reason. What? Um, I don't know the details of that. I know. I was shocked when I, when I heard that. I don't know the details. I don't know if it's accurate. I got told it will be coming back in stock next week. So hopefully it will, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, so um, we are the lucky YouTubers who get stuff first, right? Like in yeah. Germany, totally, you also cannot get it. Like you have to go to AliExpress and it's okay. Yeah. You can get it from there. It costs 60 um, euros, right? Or 60 pounds and yep. they will send it to you, but probably it's going to take a bit longer. Yeah, I'm surprised that because they were pushing this pretty hard everywhere. I think yeah. quite, they sent it to quite a few people exactly. and you would think that they'd have stock backed up to support that as well so it surprised me if they've not got stock in, but in the US they, in the US they have it they had it on Amazon but it was sold out directly but it's really a uh, good strap yeah it is yeah it's worth looking out for anyway either way um, so yeah I've been using that a lot this this week and the other thing I wanted to quickly mention just while I'm on here anybody that's in the UK and in the Leicester area on the November the 27th I'm going to an event at the Retro Computer Museum in Leicester, and I'm meeting up with Paradise Decay and cool. uh, another member of the community, Fluke Roggi. Um, basically, this, uh, the Retro Computer Museum, it's a, it's a party that they have every year, and it's a fantastic location, not a huge place, but they have all of these old retro computers that you can play. And interestingly, relevant to VR is the fact that they have these old virtuality machines. They've got four oh, virtuality machines to so try cool. as well. Yeah, When is it's it? great. Uh, it's November the 27th for anybody interested. If you go onto the Retro Computer Museum uh, website, you can book a ticket there. It's £10 uh, to, to, to go. And uh, yeah, I'm meeting a few people there, so it should be a good day. But yeah, I'm really excited to try it because you can play Dactyl Nightmare. You know that old yes. uh, that, that old game there. Um, and then they've got some seated pods as well, those virtuality machines as well. So you can play some like uh, they've got a biplane game and stuff like that that you can try. Um, I mean, I've got to be honest, that's, it's an awful game. It's really bad, but <laughs> you've got to try these things, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, of course. So, um, I mean, it was the VR of the 1990s. Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, I've played, I mean, I've Flute, Roger, and I, we've, we've met there before and played a two-player game of Dactyl Nightmare. So it's uh, definitely worth trying if you get the opportunity to, to do that, just to see what it was like back then, um, running at all those few frames per second. But uh, yeah, so just well, I just very quickly wanted to mention that anyway. Um, but that's pretty much my week. What about you, Sebastian? What have you been up to? Okay, yeah. Actually, same as you, <laughs> I reviewed this device, this uh, head strap, the Bobo VR... M2 Pro and the Bobo VR M2 had been my daily driver as a head strap before. I really loved it. And now it's even better because of exactly this, the battery. So I can also just like Gary recommended a lot. And there's even um, like a, a, ba a bag for it or how would you call it? Like yeah, a ba probably a bag, right? So where you oh. can put it. Put yeah, inside, they've got right? their own. Yeah, they've got their own bag, haven't they? Their, their right. own uh, carry case. Yeah, right. Yeah. Their own carry case. The, the C2. I don't have that, but I really want it because the only thing that holds it, uh, yeah, back for me from being my daily driver mm -hmm. is that I cannot put it into a bag, and I'm like like constantly carrying the 
Quest 2 from my office to my home. So right now, I would still use the original Oculus Elite strap with battery because it fits into this beautiful bag, right? So I need this C2 bag. But other than that, this is really, really good. So I made a video about it just like Gary. And other than that, I had a chance to try out after the fall. And um, I made a video about it. And we're going to talk about after the fall later in this episode. So, so for, for, for me personally, I, I'm going to tell you later more about it. It's just like, I, I believe it's about managing expectations. I went into the game with, my, with wrong expectations. I expected some Arizona sunshine with four players with a story mode, but that's absolutely not it. But if you go in with other expectations, then it is going to be fun, right? So we're going to talk about this later. Yep, that's basically what I was doing here on my channel. <laughs> and now it's time to talk about all the different topics. And let's change the perspective again. Okay, yes. So let's talk about the different topics. And we start with one topic. Let me just share my screen here. Here it is. And it's resolution games. Resolution games estimating that VR has 5 million active users. And they base that on, yeah, well, on, on, their, on their games and how, how often these games are played. And I believe this actually is a quite interesting number. So obviously more than 5 million VR headsets have been sold. Like the PlayStation VR itself has been sold 5 million times. But it seems like that 5 million people are actually actively using the VR headset. And I would like to ask Daniel and Cody, what do you think about this number? Do you believe that this is an accurate number? I'd be curious, and forgive me, I need to read the whole article, but I'd be curious to know how much of those are um, are contributed to like VR arcades, right? LBEs, people coming in and just playing, you know, some of the resolution titles or whatnot. All right, no, I, I think it's the people at home who really like yeah. have a VR headset at home, yeah. That's a lot. I think that's a lot of active users. I mean, yeah, it's not a lot in the grand scheme of <laughs> of video game players, but I, if if they mean active as in actively playing titles at yeah, probably every you, week you know, to pick I, it up. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good amount of people, I think. Yeah, and that's compared that's, to what it was. <laughs> that's two good years ago for VR. You know, I mean, yeah, there's probably five times the amount of headsets being sold. You know, right. I'd assume something like that. You know, so that's that's a really good sign for for the industry and the more active players we have, you know, that's kind of the cause for a lot of the games not really being as successful as they possibly could be. It's just not having the the users on there. So, you know, when you start jumping into multiplayer games and there's more people on there, you know, it's definitely a great sign. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 5 million is definitely already like a good base to make some money. Probably there's, you know, there are now like games that can, can, can make enough money to survive and have enough money for the next game, but it's still not so huge. Right. I mean, in, in, the, in the huge scheme, it's like quite tiny. Right. Gary, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I think when when I when I read this article, I was actually encouraged by it because I think that like, like uh, Danny and Cody said that they are 
they're 5 million active users. And we can say that, yeah, there's a lot more headsets out there. We know that, as the article references, that PSVR itself is sold sort of uh, over 5 million because they, right. they actually mentioned that number a, a year ago, year and a half ago, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's actually quite an encouraging number. And one of the interesting mm -hmm. things that I think about with regards to this is, remember, if we go back to like the beginning of modern day consumer VR, like 2015, 2016 era, and uh, during those times where you are constantly thinking, I remember having conversations with people where you are constantly thinking, you know, is this going to die a death? Like in two years <laughs> time, is anybody still going to be using VR? And you constantly had that feeling that we need to get more people into VR, right, keep it, right. make it sustainable for developers. And the question I guess I've got for all, all of you guys is, do you think we've got to the point now where we're past that, that threshold? It's not going anywhere. We've got to be, you know, carrying on for the foreseeable future now, haven't we? I, 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 think, I think you're right. I think we are to that point where, I mean, I, some sort of type of VR is here to stay. But I, I also think thinking back to those times, like you're saying in, in 2015 and 16, and even when like the Vive launched, right? I mean, I was working at the time for high fidelity and I was working in their welcome rooms and I would sit in there all day long and I would have maybe three users come in because there's just mm. the user base wasn't there. And then you look at all these great companies and great games and titles that were out, you know, three years ago that are no longer out because at the time that user base wasn't there. Right. I mean, think of games that were big when they came out like Hoover junkers and, mm. and raw data and all these games that had a really good platform and good multiplayer. They just did not, they didn't have the player base. So they just got lost in the shuffle. Um, and companies right. like VReal who made, you know, a really cool streaming service for VR. And then they went under because again, there wasn't enough active users, right? And I still feel that we are kind of at that point, unless you're, unless you're um, uh, available on multiple platforms, unless you have open cross play between PSVR and Quest and, and, and PC VR, I feel like it's still, a, you're still fighting for that audience, right? Well, I, I mean, yes. yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. And one of the, the important things as well to mention there is that basically, I mean, I suppose sometime, something along the lines of what you're saying is you need to be on Quest at this point. That's really where you're going to go, get, almost guarantee the fact that you, you're going to get some kind of an audience. Um, yeah. PlayStation, hopefully, I mean, you know, when they bring out PlayStation VR 2, um, I think that that will help a lot of developers as well. But we Agreed. do still hear, if you, if you follow Reddit, you still hear a lot of threads coming up every now and again about developers that will say if they are releasing only on Steam or they've, they've sold like a handful of copies on Steam and on Quest, they've sold thousands of copies. And it comes back to the fact that back in 2015, 2016, you could only sell on, on the PC platform later on a little bit PSVR as well. But it's the Quest, honestly, it's the Quest that's made the big difference in, in all of this. So I personally believe anyway. What, yeah, what I, I do. What I go back to thinking too is I wonder if early in the, the early days of VR, developers shot themselves in the foot at how all of the games were priced. I mean, early, you know, early Steam VR games were priced like $4.99, $8.99, $9.99. And now someone puts out a great game and asks $39.99 for it. And, you know, you get a community uproar because it's priced so high when that's the price of a standard game. And yeah, I feel like, I feel like now, like, you know, all the games have to be in that you know, 13 or 14.99 to 29.99 price range, regardless of how good they are, you know? So I'm, I'm wondering if, if the way we set it up, you know, back in the day with, with just how the community was at the time, if we kind of, if, if that kind of hurt the devs in the long run, because they have to price accordingly now. And it's not that I high. Think, 
I think you're absolutely right. It's so strange actually to see that that for for our community the games are so cheap, even though we just have we even have like uh, less of a target audience. So mm. so that that's not so sustainable in my opinion, right? So I totally agree with you. Like if somebody like launches a game, it's forty dollars. It's like what full price game. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, how dare you? How, how dare you? What's the matter with you? Yeah, it's 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 tough, right? And then, well, th there are like triple A games like Lone Echo 2, which are priced at this, and then it's like just tough to compete against those games for like an indie game. So <laughs> I totally agree with you. I don't quite understand why it's so normal that VR games are so cheap, and I think you're right, Daniel. It was dif difficult back in the early days, though, I suppose, for developers because nobody knew the impact or how many people were going to jump on this VR thing. And it was difficult to price your games at that time as a developer because you didn't know how many people were going to do. I mean, you look at Cloudhead. They made a fantastic game, which was pretty much on the launch, I believe, of the HTC Vive. Um, uh, not Heart of the Emberstone was the second one. What was the first one called? Uh, the gallery, oh, anyway, the gallery. Yeah, uh, gallery the gallery starts yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they made a fantastic game, but really that, that game and that, that, that form of what they were making really wasn't sustainable. Um, and they pivoted and, and made a fantastic game in Pistol Whip that was far more, you know, it was oh, I love more it. mobile focused as well. It, it was able to be transitioned over to that mobile platform and that's where they make their money. Um, but yeah, I do think it, it was difficult back in, in the early days because there was a level of expectation from developers that there were going to be a lot more users of VR perhaps than there were at the beginning. It was a little bit slower to take off. And now I think it's really starting to hit its stride. It's interesting to see how it's gone now. Yeah, right. Yeah. So let's see how this goes. So 5 million active users now. What do you believe, um, Daniel and Cody? Um, how fast is this number going to change to 15 million users, 20 million users? Do you think we are at the brink of this hockey stick curve? Or um, what, do you, what do you think, in your opinion? How long will it take? We're definitely hoping so. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, we are in yeah. the VR industry. <laughs> I really we, hope. We I absolutely really hope. hope it's going to happen soon. No, I would, I would, I would think. I mean, it, you know, it, it depends what happens with standalone VR, right? Is okay. is it going to stay? Is it going to stay a meta device? Are, are there going to be are there going to be contenders to contend with that? Um, to mm -hmm. you, you know, um, to help get people on board who maybe don't have access to VR headsets, uh, you know, Facebook VR headsets or. Um, just don't want a, a Facebook VR headset, but um, I I don't know, man. I see it. Uh, you know, if 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 they say we're at four million active users now, I could see that double in two years. Would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, I think so easily. Too. I I think that it is definitely the easiest point in history to get into VR right now. Obviously, the the yeah. barriers to entry, the cost of it, you know, is significantly lower than it has been in the past. Yeah. On there, and you know, VR has always kind of struggled with. It's either lack of the hardware or the cost of it, or it's lack of good games. So obviously more concurrent users is going to attract bigger developers. We're going to get better games on there. So I definitely potentially see it on there and it'll be really exciting to see what's happening in the hardware market, you know, yeah. competitors to the quest. But I think the quest has done a lot of great things for VR as well. So. I think so too, and well, I think that Facebook actually they they shot themselves in the foot by this forced Facebook login. I really think that they have like, yeah, it could have grown even more 
And in my opinion, it's the right move to go away from that with Meta and like like get this Facebook login out of the way. And in my opinion, they will have even faster growth with without that problem. Like for me, I always needed to mention this on my channel because I really didn't like that part, right? But I think without this, it can even grow faster. What do you think, Gary? And 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 then and Cody, do you, what, what, what do you guys do think, you think about that? It? They're just they're going to pivot from you don't need a Facebook login, but you're going to need a Meta login. And it's yeah, 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 yeah. For, sure, for sure, you need a Meta login. Right? But for I sure. guess it will make people feel better that it's not tied to their account, even though yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it probably is. <laughs> All right, in the grand, <laughs> I totally agree with you. In the grand <laughs> scheme of things, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. In the grand scheme of things, it will still depend on Meta's business model. What, how will they make money? And probably it's going to be the same like 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 Facebook, right? But mm. for me already, it feels a bit better because I simply don't want my, my social stuff in yeah. my VR stuff, you know? I, I simply don't want this connection. And and that, yeah. that will help me personally to feel more comfortable with the Quest. Mm -hmm. What are yeah, your that, thoughts about it, Gary? Yeah, no, that's exactly the, the point, really. It's the fact that it's not tied. It's like I didn't want to... I, I came away from Facebook a couple of years... Well, about three years ago, something like that. I closed my account down. Then okay. all of a sudden, I've got to make a new account just because I, I want to use the Quest. So right. I don't really want to be on Facebook. So if I can just make a meta account and not have it all tied to, you know, the, where all my family reside as well, and all, <laughs> exactly. all my friends from exactly. the far corners of history have added me as friends on Facebook, I don't, I don't want all that tied to my VR usage as well. And that's where it comes down to it. It's still, at the end of the day, like, like you all say, it's the same thing, really. They're still going to be gathering the data in the same way, utilizing it. It's what sure. their business is built on. So exactly. they've got to do that. That's what Agreed. they uh, will always do. Um, so yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. So I'm I'm happier about that. I'm happier that it won't need a Facebook account and I could delete my Facebook account again. And from my understanding, like one of the major motivations for them doing this is just breaking into the enterprise. Okay, uh, yeah, that makes sense. More because, you know, yeah. You really can't have like people at your work and you buy these headsets and now all of a sudden they have to sign into their private Facebook accounts. And so I don't necessarily know if they're worried about people's reaction to privacy and all that or more if it was just a, I a business move. So. But that will help. I mean, there's there's <clears throat> plenty of enterprises. I mean, we've talked to tons of companies that, that, that we've been working with that may make sense for them to utilize the Quest, but because of the Facebook logins, they can't. Right? right, they yeah. can't do it in the right, workplace. Right. So by getting rid of this, it's going to open up, uh, I think, uh, a lot more possibilities to uh, who can use the Quest and and what what they can use it for. And it's going to help people who are, you know, relying on Quest applications and and um, in that sort of business model in, in the future. So um, it'll it'll be a good thing once it's once it's out there and people know about it and it is accessible. Um, it'll it's not going to hurt. That's for sure. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I yeah. I really liked what you've said in previous casts as well, Sebastian, about, you know, instead of Facebook forcing you to have the login, you know, just developing a superior product product that is going to, you know, steer people towards that direction, you know, and right. yeah, I definitely feel like it was a fail PR wise for them to handle it that way. So I think a company that has that much money, you think they would have rolled yeah. it out a little bit better. You would wow. have thought they, they right. would have foresaw that people wouldn't like the Facebook login and they must also have known at some point they wanted to go into this business kind of route and people wouldn't have wanted uh, their work 
usage being broadcast on their social media accounts in Facebook. And it's interesting that they didn't. It's almost as if they they were at that time they were completely oblivious by how their name is not a great name. It's like why You're wouldn't right. you want your everybody <laughs> loves Facebook, surely. Yeah. yeah. And now yeah, all right. of a sudden it seems to have clicked for them. I, I it honestly, makes more sense. Yeah. Like with the because they had the Facebook branding and the Oculus branding, you know, and it was like, what does Facebook really have to do with Oculus? And now the meta rebranding makes a little bit more sense when they're going to tie it all together. Yeah, I remember when I when I got on with when I got on with with Oculus for the Oculus Two launch. Halfway through is when they transitioned and changed everything to Facebook Reality Labs, right? So then all of our papers and all our trainings went from Oculus to Facebook Reality Labs, and it was super confusing to be like, okay, well, who's like who's actually in charge of what? Like, who are we anyway? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I think I think um, it's a problem of Facebook that is really ruled by Mark Zuckerberg, and Mark Zuckerberg really thinks Facebook is an amazing name. I mean, he built it from his <laughs> from the ground up, and wow, it's, it has been an amazing story. But it seems like there is nobody to tell him, like, "Hey, Mark, Facebook doesn't have the best name." He, he's like the the emperor, you know, of of this of this company, and and he has the full power. And that that is a problem. That that really is a problem. But it seems like somebody, like, delivered the message. Okay, with that Facebook branding, it's not going to work on the long run. And it's it's yeah. good. I really think now what they've did with Meta, I think that everything is very smart, and they're probably going to be very successful with it. Yeah, really interesting and uh, very cool, um, Cody. That uh, you remember <laughs> what I said about. Facebook forced login, and then I believe that it would have been way better to make people like want to connect their Facebook account. That would really have been the better um, way to go about it. Anyways, now I think they have found a good solution, and it's probably going to work. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Let's go to the next topic. And that is an interesting topic. Like Gary and me, we, we met in person in Paris, had a great time there. And we checked out the links our one mixed reality headset. And the Kickstarter has come to an end with $800,000. They wanted $300,000, so they have exceeded their goal. And it has been a very successful Kickstarter. And now actually at um, AWE... In the States, lots of people are trying the headset and most, I think all of them are kind of excited about it and have very good feedback, just like we had, Gary, right? We we really enjoyed the headset, didn't we? Absolutely, yeah. I thought it was great. Um, we both, uh, we've both made a video on it of our yeah, trip right. there as well and uh, put across all our feelings about it. But yeah, it's, it's encouraging to see because we, we were... You know, they hadn't shown it to too many people when we went over there. And exactly. at the back of your mind, you're always thinking, you know, I'm I'm not seeing too many faults here, but is there something I'm missing? Is there something glaring that I'm missing that, that, that would make this not a great headset? But it's encouraging when everybody else gets to try it and they start to have the similar impressions to you as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm really pleased that I backed it. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking for – I'm hoping they can deliver in April. Um, but, I, you know – Kickstarter always gets delayed anyway, so I'm not too concerned if I don't get it in April. Perhaps I won't, but uh, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I think they can do it since they have this kind of uh, production facilities in Taiwan already for themselves, so this should be interesting. 
Daniel and Cody, did you have any chance to try it? Probably not, right? Uh, what is your perception of the device? No, no. We've <laughs> been doing nothing but reading reviews and okay. watching people's videos. I think, what, Nathie put out a video yesterday and everyone's right, been exactly. putting out their videos and yeah. thoughts on it. And, um, it, dude, it looks amazing. I can't get over the lenses. Like, I just don't, I can't imagine what it's like looking through them because the, the shape of them is just that, yeah. It's so yeah, crazy, right? It's so I'm, crazy. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's it's crazy. It looes like a diamond, right? It's like shaped like with there's four quadru quadrants. Yeah, my, my brain it's, doesn't understand how there's yeah. not distortion or yeah. like um you, yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't get it. Um so that's exciting. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, math. <laughs> I, I also um that image you showed at the beginning, how it's a see-through headset. Dude, yeah, I just yeah. want someone to make a a cover like that for my Vive Pro or for the Oculus. I don't know why that doesn't exist. Exactly. It's it's cool. It's really cool, it's so right? Cool. Can, it reminds me of the old Game Boy colors, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. See and we've ones. been we've been keeping an eye on this headset too, just for the augmented reality portion of it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we 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 backed it as well. Um just, and just being oh, love it. Amazing that you backed it too. A magazine for AR stuff. So perfect. Backer backers twenty backer twenty three. <laughs> wow, like that. that's that's um, but, that's cool. But um yeah, super excited about it. I mean, it's it's cool to see someone who has you know, um, such a preface on like an open ecosystem, creating a headset, um, mm. and, and the, the specs of it look amazing and the capabilities of it look amazing and the lenses blow my mind. So I, I just, yeah. I'm hoping I get to try it soon. I don't know if he plans on being at CES with it in January, but I, I think, really yes, so. I think, Oh, okay. I'm going there too, probably. So we're going to meet in real life. Cheers. I think he might have mentioned that, that. I think Stan said that he might be going. Yeah, to he, see he's going to. Yeah. I think he's going to go. Yeah. Good. Oh, cool. yes. Yeah. Look forward yeah. to trying. Yeah, for sure. It's so interesting to look through these lenses and then see it all. Um, yeah, like like work. Just like I was exactly like you, Daniel and Cody. I couldn't believe that this will give you like a normal VR experience, right? Because it just looks so crazy. And it, it works, right, Gary? It's, it it's, works. It's just a normal VR experience like the Quest 2. Exactly. But you don't there's notice, no you don't have like, there's no like side there's, distortion, like you get on like a pinnacle or anything like that. I am somebody who is very, very sensitive <laughs> to, and I hate any kind of distortion whatsoever. And this is, this. it's like looking through a Quest 2. That is, that is what it's like like and even so it's got individual ipd adjustment for each eye as well so you can move each eye separately and mm -hmm. you don't even need to be that accurate honestly it's weird i thought you'd have to be absolutely dead center in in that lens but you, you there is a little bit of give there as well um but yeah, yeah. it's crazy how how it works I, i can't understand it either i'll tell you what if you hold one of those i've got one up there one of those lenses mm -hmm. just up to your eye You can't even see through it. It's completely opaque. Yeah, it looks yeah. completely opaque. It's so strange, right? That it that it works. You're right, exactly. But it does work, <laughs> and uh, it's 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 kind of fascinating. And the things that you can do with it are even more fascinating. As in this kind of mixed reality where you have seen the videos, right? Where you take the sun out and then you put the sun into your real your real environment, and you can walk around it. And then you are in augmented reality, and you have this this color pass through. Wow, so so cool. And um, well, um, have you tried um, AR headsets like the Hololens, Daniel and Cody? Or is yeah, I I owned a Magic Leap for about a year. Okay, okay. Um, and it it was great, but there's just no content for it, right? There's like 
14 real experiences with it and then it was exactly just kinda... then it's over <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah and coming yeah. from vr i think you know i know we complain a lot about fov but when you move to ar we're very spoiled with fov in our vr headsets because you don't get that kind of fov in ar i don't know what the fov in the links is though if they're using those lenses as a pass-through um oh, the fov the fov thing, is right? The FOV is like um, 90, 90 degrees horizontal, yeah. which is that's like huge. probably that's 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 not that's quite good. In AR, probably, that's huge. Yeah. In AR, that's huge, and in VR, it's like kind of normal, probably a bit less than the Quest Two, but around that, it's not like so much smaller. So yeah. it's it's pretty good, and for AR, exactly, it's it's amazing. Like the Hololens Two probably has half of it, or like like 40 something degrees. So that is really good. Yeah, I think the Magic Leap was like, yeah, 35 or 42 yeah. degrees or something like that. And it was just, it was cool, though. It was really, yeah. I mean, oh, I, yeah, I love yeah, AR. I Gary, you also uh, had one, right? <laughs> I had one, yeah. I sold, I sold my Magic Leap uh, a few weeks Me ago. Um, I had one. Oh, really? But <laughs> it's, uh, but it's, it was good to try. I really, uh, you know, it's impressive for what it is. It's 2018 yeah. technology. I think it's impressive. But yeah, the the links in terms of AR, that's the part. The mixed reality part is the the part that really is interesting to me. Um, and, you know, it can be used as a VR headset as well. But the thing you were saying about the field of view, because you can, it's sort of away from your face. If you use it in the mixed reality mode, it's sort of away from your face. And you still have peripheral view outside as well. So that helps even more with all the AR stuff because you can still see like your arms when they're outside of the, the view of the cameras and stuff like this. Um, so, yeah, I honestly think the, the mixed reality side of the links is the part that really is almost it's almost the reason for me backing it entirely uh, rather than the VR aspect. Could, could you right. uh, can you imagine when you, we were talking about the pass through real quick um, and the, the, the color pass through like I still like part of me wishes that there's some software update that Oculus is going to put out that just turns on their camera color pass through that they just have it maybe <laughs> that they just have it turned to black and white for some weird you know reason yeah. or whatever but that the head I mean the Quest would be such a usable headset and have such good AR capabilities if it just had color pass through you're right but that that, that that that's what project Cambria is going to be about right yeah. next yeah. year we're going to get it with this beautiful color pass through and of course then it's going to be links against the Project Cambria against probably the Apple headset, which is also going to have exactly that. So, wow. I think mixed reality and augmented reality, they will pick up speed. It's going to be a thing, and we will get some exciting applications from it. And I can't wait to see what people do with the Links R1, right? With all the, all the creative people who will get this headset into their hands and then create content for it. Perfect. Is it something that you also want to feature in your magazine? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do we have it in there yet? We have it. No, yeah. we have it. Okay. This, yeah. <laughs> oh, this yeah, we already, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We already have. Yeah. For this, right. it's, it's okay. in this next issue. That's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Coming up, which, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A couple weeks yeah. probably is when that, that's shipping. So great. Yeah, we talk about it. Nice. There. We're, yeah. we're looking forward to it. Like I said, um, the mixed reality portion of it is pretty exciting you yeah know, something right. i mean because when you think about like you know are we integrated ar into our magazine right so if, yes. if someone has a good easily to use ar headset you know if someone's wearing a lynx and they open up our, our magazine and stuff starts popping out i mean that's the goal that's the dream you're right there's just not enough people with AR headsets yet so right now right now right now but but yeah. it's going to happen it's going to happen april. for sure <laughs> april yeah. yes april. and then there's going to be uh the the Facebook one or the the Meta one, and then there's going Snapchat. to be Apple, 
Apple. And I believe this is going to bring it into the mainstream and it's going to be pretty, pretty fascinating. Anyways, Lynx L1, congratulations again to Stan and team for making it happen. The $800,000, that is really cool. The next um, shorter topic, a uh, smaller topic, it's Medal of Honor above and beyond coming to Quest Week, uh, coming to Quest 2 next week already with Crossby. And this is like um, 45 uh, gigabytes of game. And I, I'm really not sure if I can put it onto my Quest 2 since I have the 64 gigabyte version. <laughs> Unfortunately, you have to get rid of lots of stuff. Anyways, I would like to ask you, um, what are your thoughts about it? Gary, Daniel, and Cody, is it a game that you're looking forward to on the Quest 2? And have you played it before? Yeah, uh, yeah, I can go. Yeah, so um, yeah, I've played. I played the PC version okay. uh, when it first came out, and uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. You see, the problem is when it first came out, it had a few different issues. Um, it had performance issues first of all on the PC, and it also had this thing where you'd do a very short scene, then all of a sudden you'd get this really short thing where it would say you'd, you'd completed a mission. It was like a little cutscene that you'd, you that you'd gone through, really. So it had this really strange thing. They'd they'd you know, since then, they've patched it and done all these other things uh, to improve the game. But I've not got too far through it, honestly. I've played probably about, I don't know, three hours, something like that. Um, it didn't just didn't hold my interest for whatever reason. But, of course, with it coming over to the Quest, the big thing was how did they even get this game running on the Quest in the first place? Um, <laughs> yeah. And the answer might be that they've got this new... Uh, application space warp thing. Yeah. So that might be this might be the first example that we're seeing on the Quest Two where you can where they are utilizing that. And it would be interesting to see how this runs and if they are utilizing that. And if they're not utilizing it, why not? <laughs> That's the thing. So um, it will be interesting. But I don't know what you guys uh, think. If you guys played the original on the PC, I, I played the PC version when it first came out, and I remember there being a lot of issues too. I can't remember if that was because it's been a while now that was the one where they had some locomotion issues i wasn't i wasn't too fond of but same thing i probably played 45 minutes of it and um i at at that point it just didn't have anything that at the time was mind-blowing to me as far as different mechanics and and the way things work and um you know but i can see the appeal of it coming to quest as a quest title i mean you're you, again we're talking about a game that came out at a time when not a lot of people had headsets, not as many people had headsets, you know, the Quest 2 wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, as relevant as it is now. Um, and I think, you know, with any luck, we're going to see a lot of these games that we've been playing on PC for years start moving over to the Quest, which is good for Quest users, maybe not as yeah. exciting for people, uh, you know, PC VR users who've already had the opportunity for the last year to play this game and beat it 12 times, you know, they might not have a reason to go back to it on the Quest. Okay, right. Yeah, I must say I really enjoyed that game. And I was actually like kind of surprised how many people like hated on it. Yes, I, I understand there were these issues at the beginning. But honestly, I think the game is not as bad as many people made it look like. So I'm really happy that now people can enjoy it without any performance issues. Because I'm quite sure they have totally nailed it with this game on the Quest 2. And who knows, probably it already makes use of that application Space Warp where you, where like the Quest gains like 70%. It's like Facebook or Meta is really doing magic, right? With the software updates. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. 
It's really, really amazing what they're doing with all these smart people working there. The, the hardware is already great, but the software is getting better like every single week nearly, right? And gaining 70% of performance is like magic. So that's why I believe that games like this, like Medal of Honor, can can make it to the quest. Probably this is already using it. We don't know. I think it kind of makes sense. Like the, the timing is kind of right. I mean, right? yeah. Right? Exactly. That'd be, that'd be really cool to see kind of the first iteration of the technology. Exactly. It, it does work. Exactly. Yeah, and if they're saying it's as easy to implement for developers as, you know, they're saying it is, then that could be huge for just, you know, already games that are out now that are struggling with fidelity and that sort of thing. I mean, yeah. it would... There'd be no reason not to implement it, even if your game runs fine. Why wouldn't you implement it at that point anyway? If, if, um, you, or, if you know, you could step in some higher res textures, shadows, yeah. stuff like that in there. So, if it is the first one to use um, that application spacewalk, then I'll be picking it up just to try it because I, I want to see right. the difference. Because <laughs> yeah. it's supposed to eliminate the the the, uh, the artifacts you get on on the PC, like the asynchronous spacewalk. You get that blurring with the. As you as you move controllers exactly. in front of you, you'll get that blowing. This is supposed to allow better um, because it relies on different data. It, it, it's supposed to eliminate some of those artifacts. So I'd love to to try it just for that. We've not seen that application space what being used in everything anything yet, as far as I know. So yeah, exactly. I wonder if they could utilize that to get VR chat running good on the Quest, <laughs> so you're not running it at a Quest version. You know, that would be absolute game changer. Yeah. If you could have the full VR chat experience on a quest, yeah. Like that's, yeah. Do, you, do you know? I wonder about this, like on VR chat, because it, it seems to be more. I've looked. I've looked into this a little bit with VR chat, and it's it's a problem. It is a problem on the quest. Um, but I wonder if it's more just to do with sort of network latency and things like this, and synchronizing everybody rather than the actual engine being. Because I believe it's built in Unity anyway. But it's, it's yeah. sort of network, the network behind it that, that seems to be causing the issues with VR chat. Yeah, it's you trying to load in everybody's polygons and avatars at any given moment and that sort of thing. And yeah, so yeah I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah, but. it'd be uh, yeah, it'd be interesting because there's there's a lot of um, other social VR things that that do a better job than VR chat, but VR chat is the biggest, so I suppose that's going to suffer yeah. from the the problems more. But. Right. Yeah. Anyways, cool that the game is coming to the Quest 2 and probably we're going to see other games like Lone Echo 1 and 2 coming to the Quest. That would be really cool and uh, I hope that more people can play these games. But with 70% more performance, probably this could happen. It's huge. It's, it's really huge. It's, it's, it's a big deal. Unreal. Yeah. It's, no, it's that's game changer. And yeah. Meta is just kind of casually putting out these amazing <laughs> updates, which yeah, you're right. is pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. They Regardless are, of how you feel about the company. <laughs> exactly, Cody. I, even I must admit it, right? I'm not a big, big fan of this whole thing, but um, they are doing an amazing job. And I must admit it too. You can't deny the technology. I mean, you can't deny quest, it. Yeah. The Quest is absolutely incredible. It's, it's fantastic. It just is yeah. an incredible device. And, and the fact that they've just given us all these updates, right? The hand tracking. I mean, when you look at other VR companies or headset manufacturers, whenever they come up with some new, you know, hand tracking or something like that, they just pop it in a new headset and sell you a whole new headset. These guys haven't sold us a new headset yet since the Quest 2, and they just continue to add and add and add. So, yeah. um, you know, it's beautiful. It's really it good. Is. Yeah, you can't deny it. It's just fantastic. 
Okay. You don't want to like it, but you, it's good. You know, you got to give credit where credit's due. You know, no, you're, you're, you're totally right. Exactly. And, and really, I mean, coaching. from from people like us who rely on on VR users and and you know yeah. content creators and that sort of thing. I mean, of course, of course, we owe a lot of we owe a lot of our visibility to the Oculus and, and absolutely. Facebook, you know, so absolutely. Um, but yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. What I'm excited about is like, you know, Resident Evil 4 came out and it was, I thought, a great game. And, you know, are games like that going to backtrack and, and add in this space warp? And then it's going to be an even better game. Because I thought yeah, visually right. that was probably one of the best looking games that I've seen on Quest, yeah. not utilizing, you know, anything specific. So, right. But anyways, I would be very happy and it would be good for our industry if there was a competitor, you know, if... HTC or who, whatever company came out with a competitor that could actually compete with it, because then yeah. it would even it would make even it would make Meta even better if there was a competitor that could really compete with them. The, so we, the flow had me so excited. The Vive yeah. flow had me Until so you excited. <laughs> I was like, "This is it. It's going to be Steam tracked. It's going to have controllers, six stop. Yeah. It's going to be slim. It's it's perfect. It's going to be everything yeah. we want, and it's going to be a didn't standalone." Happen. And it didn't happen. It's like. <sighs> Like, I, I just, <clears throat> you have to think that these companies know their audience and know what everybody wants. You have to believe that. So, but not it, HTC. It, it, well, the hardest <laughs> thing with HTC was <laughs> no, the, way they they really know. It, the way they hyped it up and yeah. even their, you know, even their marketing hyped it up to, to like, they, they were hyping it in a, in a very cryptic way towards consumers that got everyone thinking this is going to work you know, this is going to be the next gaming device, right? This is going to be the next gaming headset. And there was never any correction like, hey, you know, it's not really going to be a gaming headset. So when it came out, I feel like it was just such a letdown. And, the, and those letdowns, those letdowns hurt, you know, um, especially when so many of us are looking for another solution or just exactly. a new technology or something better. And it seems like we've hit a stagnant point where <clears throat> everything coming out is just the same, but wrapped up a little differently. Um, and there's nothing really taking it to the next level, which I think is why the Lynx is such a great appeal to people, because it's a smaller company actively trying to take it to the next level, trying to add things that you can tell that Stan and his team, like, they love VR, they know VR, and they 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 want the same things that us as consumers want. Like, they are right. us, right? You know what I mean? Like, they they get it. They know Hey, why do why why wouldn't we have color pass through? That makes sense. Why wouldn't we have hand tracking? It makes sense. Like it's all this stuff that I think from a next gen VR headset we we'd expect, right? And until we start getting that, I think it's just like, oh, you know, cool. You know, another headset, great. It's a, what's it do that my original vibe at this point doesn't do, right? Not a lot. No, that's exactly right. What what you're saying there, and I actually think because. With with the links, we only need to look at what what they are doing with their mixed reality stuff, and then we know face Meta's plans, which is almost identical to what links have already started years ago. Um, so it, when I made a video on links, I said that they're a company that are actually ahead of the curve. They're doing things that the bigger companies are doing next year or, or the year after with Apple and um, because Apple will probably come out with a device very similar to Lynx as well in terms that it will be a, a VR, AR, mixed reality kind of hybrid device as well. 
So Lynx are the first ones doing that. And the, the advantage that they have going forward is, well, they're a small company. They're, they're not bloated. They don't need to add all of these things, put it through all the bureaucracy of their company. They can get these things and iterate quickly. And I think we will see that from, from Lynx going forward. Yeah, that's good. And I'm looking forward to that. But yeah. again, to talk about the HTC flow, it's just like um, mind-boggling to me how HTC, like... Um, time and time again, doesn't get the targeting right. Like this device is targeted at people who do uh, meditation, it seems like well-being, it's a well-being device. And I couldn't think of yeah. any it's group a, who would not want to have this device. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense in my they, opinion. They built it as a niche in a niche market, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. like making a, a VR magazine, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on paper, niche, exactly. A, a niche market, you <laughs> the know. Most niche thing. But yeah, which is which is a shame because dude, I've you know, I, the Vive Pro to me is, is still like I go back to it all the time. It's still one of my favorite headsets, you know. Yeah. Um, and that I, makes sense, I yeah. dude, and it's just. It's it's such a shame because had they just had they just built upon what they already had in the uh, the gaming community, um, you know, in 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 the VR community, I think I think mm -hmm. they'd still be a top contender. But now they're yeah. just looked at as kind of just like, you know, yeah, they were good back then, you know, and and now they just don't really have any place in the space other than LBEs or business, you know. I, I think part of, the, part of the problem for a lot of these bigger companies, too, is just the development cycles take years and years and years, you know, so they are kind of shooting in the dark in some some sense, you know, they're trying to project what's going to be popular and, you know, three years down the road or whatever it is. But yeah, HTC just seems to be pretty notorious for being off the mark and in, in what <laughs> consumers actually want. You know? And it's not necessarily a focus for them right now. You know, it seems like they're doubling down on enterprise right now and then probably gonna deliver a consumer headset one of these days hopefully one that we hopefully we want but yeah well the buy i mean the buy focus 3 wasn't a terrible headset and now they just added like i saw that they added an update to that where you could get yes. like four thousand meter tracking or something like that i like it i like it yeah. <laughs> you know exactly and they also added wi-fi 6e streaming yeah. which basically yeah. nobody has which is pretty amazing yeah, but we don't care as consumers, right? That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. It's cool now. It'd be cool it's, if that came with it when they were advertising it. But now they, yeah. it's, it's such a thing that not a lot of people even know about it. And and that could be the biggest headset for VR arcades, I think. Exactly. Three is could be a killer for VR arcades. Agreed. Um, you know, but it seems like it's it's we know these companies have the technology because they put them in different headsets. They use them for different things. How I mean. I'm not an engineer. I assume it's very, very hard. But how hard is it to put it all in one headset? You know, I don't know. They, they could do it. I think they could do it. And the thing is, like, I think everybody wanted to have like the Focus Three as a consumer headset, probably slimmed down. It doesn't need to have all the bells and whistles. Just like give us a competitor that could compete against the Quest 2. And they do have the infrastructure. They even have that Viveport Infinity store where there is like content and where they already have the connections to all the developers, right? I believe like if there would be a company that could compete against the Quest 2 in terms of like store, they would be it. And I, th I believe they could do it. Like give us a Focus 3 that is a bit stripped down and that is cheaper and well, you have all the goodwill of this community. 
right? Who who are not into this whole Facebook thing, but they don't do it. So I don't know what's the matter with HTC and why they like keep on not getting that mark, not not getting the right um, fit. Well, at least if they're not going to do it, <laughs> pivot their marketing, right? Because they they have a pretty active yeah, that's Twitter, what they need and to and their their Twitter is very geared towards. Gamers and yeah, like totally. our, in our industry, and that's just not the case. Unfortunately, they it should the thing, be more, you know, LinkedIn or something. <laughs> the thing I keep hearing about HTC though is that they they basically make a, a lot of their money for the China market, and the HTC Vive Flow was really marketed to to China. Um, and I don't know the differences between the Western market and the China market is how it. Um, with regards to the Vive Flow. So I, I don't you, know. It could be a moment. huge success over in China. I'm not sure with, with that. But yeah. um, but, but it, to me, from my point of view, it looks like they had this collaboration with Valve at the very start of VR in 2015, 2016. And then since they've lost that focus, they have pivoted into this business direction and this China yeah. direction as a consumer market rather than anything for gamers in the Western market. But like you say, Daniel, it, it comes down to their marketing strategy around this. That's fine yeah. if they want to do that, but why are they doing this confusing marketing at the same time? That's the thing I don't understand. That's really yeah. strange. But I can tell you that the the Vive Flow in the Chinese market, it's actually marketed not as a well-being device, like it's being marketed to the West for some strange reason. In China, it's being marketed as a media consumption device and as a device where you can do light productivity with their own Vive productivity apps, like Engage and Vive Sync, which is all on the device, right? So yeah. it's strange that for the Western audience, they they, they think we're all meditating, <laughs> which is like so ridiculous. I don't yeah. even know people who are meditating, and then who would put put the thing on the headset on their head for like five hundred dollars? Doesn't yeah, make especially sense. when meditating is <laughs> supposed to help you get grounded with your reality. Why would you want to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I don't get it. I think it's so off. But the device itself actually is not bad. Like for streaming my Android phone, it's great. Actually, it's really good. They have a nice pancake lenses. It doesn't look bad at all. It's like probably Quest 2 in terms of the quality. And it's not bad at all. Just like those 3DOF controller scheme, mm -hmm. it's bad, really bad. Like if you want to play those, those apps that they have and those games, they are all from the... 2016 and 17 from that Oculus Go area, the 3D of area, that doesn't make sense. But they could be more successful if they actually use hand tracking because they yeah. do have those two cameras, right? And there's, I know that they're working on it and hopefully they're going to be successful with implementing it. But yeah, so, it's just tough, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, what about like the Pico Neo 3? Like, I yeah, wonder this, why this that's not... Good. This one's like, good. I hear nothing but good things about that. This but is, is great. Is that not available in the U.S.? Is that why it's just not a... It is. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, in, in the West, it is. I mean, in Europe, it's available as a business headset. So you, okay. you can get the Pico Neo 3 Pro, which mm -hmm. is like 600 euros or so. And it's perfect for enterprises. It's just like the Quest 2, but without um, Facebook, right? It's it's great. Yeah. And it's, it's just the Quest 2 carbon copy it's 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 really the same thing which is yeah. fine yeah it's fine it's, it's exactly what the people want so yeah. so they have done a, a good job with that yeah right right so they are they are doing a pretty good job now let's get to the next topic and it's all it's also about like a company where we had hoped 
that they would give us like a competitor, but then it seems like in the end it didn't work out. And we're talking about the Decagear One. And uh, let's have a look at it. So this is the Decagear, and they announced it last year. And it seemed like this is going to be the perfect headset. They said it's going to cost $450, and it has this reverb G2 kind of resolution. It has inside-out tracking with better controllers. It, had, it was wireless, and it also had these kind of cameras that would do um, inside-out tracking, but also face tracking, mouth tracking, and basically everything that the hardcore VR gamer would love, and only $450. Unfortunately, then we didn't hear from them again for a long time, and they kept on delaying the device, and unfortunately now they came out with this piece of news, and unfortunately it seems like that the project is kind of dead. Yeah, let's call it like this. It seems like it's dead. They they say they're going to pivot, but honestly speaking, it seems like it's over. So let me read some part of their news article. So it's about the shortage of the consumer electronics markets. And they say, even if we solve the financial issues, as in get the money to, to produce the device and produce the headset as is, its current price is $700. So if they would produce it, it would cost $700. And that's more than double the cost of the Quest 2. And we don't want to sell expensive hardware as high prices cripple VR growth potential. Exactly. So basically they came out and, and they said like, okay, we're going to make a cheap headset, a headset that only costs $450. They can do it all, but now actually they can't. So reality got them, unfortunately. Well, and what sucks yeah. about double reality is I would pay 700 bucks for that headset. Oh, man, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it's still not a bad price for a headset that with those capabilities. So I agree. I sucks. totally agree. But the unfortunate truth also is that with that super subsidized Quest 2, Facebook has killed lots of competition. And yeah. they have really just made the the market a different market, right? Where people think a headset shouldn't be more expensive than $350, right? So th that's the other part of the metal, you know? Like, yeah, it's great that it's so cheap, but on the other hand, it kills competition. And, it's, and they also write about this in their article. So even at $700, we don't have a sustainable business model. Well, that part is on them, right? <laughs> they should have known that before. As once you guys get the Decagear headset, you will buy content on Steam VR, and Valve are not splitting their store revenues with anyone. Okay, yeah, that's 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 a reality. First and foremost, we're not stopping. We're here working. We have invested a lot of time, resources, passion, and money from our own pockets in this venture. And we have pre-orders from 10,000 members of the great community. Wow. That is actually oh. interesting that they get so many pre-orders. Wow. So what now? It's time to pivot and change the direction that will allow us to build a future 
in VR towards an open ecosystem. I will say, I started with it started with the inability of device makers like us to compete with ecosystems such as Facebook, but this is true for content publishers as well because they are bound by the rules and restrictions of the host ecosystem dictating what content to publish and how to monetize it. Epic Apple case is a good example. Yeah, wow. So let's find out what, what they want to pivot to, yeah? So um, similar to the situation in the mobile web where we can choose between App Store or Play Store, we will soon see a few mega corporations corner the XR market through controlled ecosystems. I also don't think that the current status quo where Facebook allows using the headset with Steam VR will continue for long. It is serving a purpose for now. We think that we managed to form a solution and I will share more about it here during next week. Okay, so they seem to have an idea about how to solve this problem and we're going to hear about it more next week. So I must say I'm honestly sad about it. Like I have um, interviewed the team and I really love that interview. It really shows that these guys are passionate about VR and they really want to make a difference as in showing that a piece of hardware can be built by a small team and that it can be different than the Facebook model, right? Like as what privacy is concerned and that you can still get it out for $450. And unfortunately, the reality is no. <laughs> <laughs> right the reality is no especially now because of the the crisis and because of there is this kind of ship shortage is simply impossible for them to put it off and i'm really sad about it what is your feeling about the company and what they try to achieve and moving forward daniel and cody what are your thoughts about deca gear one so it it, it sucks that it's not going to come to fruition because it was a great vision yeah. and a great headset um, I, I, mean, I think people started getting the feeling when the DECA move came out and you stopped kind of hearing about the DECA gear altogether, um, which is sad. And, you know, I didn't know they had 10,000 pre-orders. What happens with those pre-orders? Are those people who paid already for a they headset? Paid, they paid $10. Okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah. That's still, that's insane. Um, but yeah, that, that, that sucks. And, and it sounds like what they want to do is pivot to create you know, a springboard, maybe not springboard, but um, a an ecosystem like, you know, like like Steam or, or Viveport or something, just another place to, side quest? to house all of these games <laughs> or SideQuest. You're right. Yeah. Um, you know, which is which is OK, I, I guess. But is that really what we need? Do I are developers really struggling with finding a platform for their games right now? I mean, I know there's developers that can't get their games into the App Store. Um, but it's pretty easy to get your game on Steam or on the SideQuest or on itch.io or onto the already many other you know platforms that exist. So it, it, yeah. I'll be curious to see what they're going to see. But I, I wonder I wonder how it's going to you know what what would be my reasoning for for using it. <laughs> I guess you know right. especially yeah. when like you you build all this confidence in a company. You're like okay they're going to give us a headset. First of all, it's the coolest looking headset ever <laughs> it is you know, i loved it really good looking headset yeah. um and then it's like okay well we didn't get that you gave us the deck move that's that's cool thank you and cool. then you released the phone app that 
which is cool. Thank you. But like, like the Deca move gave us hope, you know, because they actually delivered on it, and like people were really excited about it, and we're like, okay, well, let's you know, yeah, let's see what Deca can do, and it's really uh, disappointing for sure. Of yeah. course, they, but it, but it is like you said, like like you said, Sebastian. I mean, they're competing. Look what they have to compete against. Yeah, it's so and how tough. can they? they I mean, they're, so they tough. built their, they built their whole spiel around it being a high class, affordable VR headset, a affordable right. VR headset that gives you all the stuff you want um, in a you know in a twelve thirteen hundred dollar headset. Um, and and with the chip shortages coming at the time they did, and with 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 Meta controlling the market like they do, I mean it it makes sense. I, I how they didn't see this happening a year ago, I don't know, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame. I um I, I pre-ordered it, so they've got my ten dollars anyway. <laughs> um, the the thing is on this, so it says that the pre-orders, so they've got pre-orders from ten thousand members, yeah. and then it says that they target the end of twenty twenty two for a limited edition decade. Exactly, yeah, so right. does that mean that those pre-orders will be going through for that four fifty? They're going to take that hit or? Does that not mean that? Um, no idea. The other thing with regards to this, when they talk about this, even with this $700 price point, they still won't have a viable, uh, sustainable business. And then they point to Valve and Steam taking a cut and not sharing that cut from developers with them. So it really seems that what they want is their own store where they can take a cut in order to make it sustainable. So that's really... Perhaps that's what they've got planned to to announce next week. I don't know, but to me, it seems like the rather than being a hardware company, they they probably need to pivot into a, a hardware and software company, a platform company, yeah. to get that sustainability for their business. But so it's tough for such, it's tough for such a small startup, right? Oh, I mean, even HTC is not pulling it off. In my opinion, HTC should totally move from being that hardware company where they sell hardware where they believe it's as good as like apple software apple hardware but it's yeah. not they should pivot to being more like of that um platform and where it's more about their viveport infinity store because which they, makes they, sense but i mean how many people yeah. do you know sebastian that use viveport a i know few. Not one. I, I i knew <laughs> i know a few like in 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 my community there are a few people who who use it actually because it's actually, pretty the good value. is not so bad actually yeah it's pretty yeah, good right. value <laughs> i don't i don't use it but i uh i've heard from people you know it's, I use there's it. a lot of content on there yeah, for it, yeah. a netflix kind of subscription but yeah after yeah. the fall it's going to be there on day one for example so there is some stuff and you pay like See, that's exciting but why don't why don't we hear that from their their Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're too busy meditating. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, you're right. You're right. So, wow, HTC really has to work on that. And, you know, their mission <laughs> and what they're trying to do, if this is what they're trying to do and pivot into, is it's going to be tough, you know, with, with bigger people getting into the game as well. You know, we're talking about like Apple and things like that. You know, that's only going to further divide the market. And that's always kind of been an issue in VR. Uh, just everything has been. Well, not segregated, you know, but not the just that. Platforms. I know three other companies right now that are trying to build storefronts, you know, for the for VR de developers, you know, whether that's whether that's games on a platform where you can buy with cryptocurrency or whether that's, you know, companies that are doing literally that exact same thing saying, hey, developers, we will give you a platform to distribute your content on um, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's so many people jumping to that market, too. And it's going to be the point where I, 
I mean, it's already, it's not going to be App Store and and the it's not going to be the Android Store and Apple Store. It's going to be, we're going to have 15 different stores to choose from that we're going to have to jump through and then we're going to have to download, you know, our Epic launcher and our League of Legends launcher and our, our right. whatever launcher, well, you know. That's, yeah, that's that's true. But but what's the alternative to that? This is the thing I keep going back to. Like Steam, everybody. I mean, I want. I'm the same as everybody else. I want everything on Steam just because it's convenient. And as a yeah. consumer, that's really all I want. But really, what I'm doing by saying that is I'm saying that these other companies don't have a right to their own store and get all the benefits that Valve get from Steam. And I think in the long term of VR and where we are, we could very easily, if, we, if we're not careful, we could very easily end up with a meta store being it. And that's the problem. And yeah. I, I honestly believe it's very difficult to set up a store. And this is the same problem links. Uh, uh, it's not even a problem. They, they're aware of it. They're working on it. But, but like you said, Daniel, there's, there's companies that are trying to work on their own platforms, trying to work on their own stores. And everybody's trying to do their own thing in order to make their businesses sustainable. I don't blame them for doing that. But at the same time, it's um, and, and in fact, I think we should support them for doing that. But it's, it's a very difficult thing to get p people on board, consumers and developers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, Isn't 100%. Like, if that's a very realistic future <laughs> that you're talking about there, Gary, in terms of it being meta dominated and, you know, not only controlling all the games, but then they're talking about breaking into like their metaverse, you know, and right. having, you know, any company control basically like the next iteration of the internet is just scary, you know, in itself. So if they dominate totally. the game market, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to be a great thing in terms of. Totally agreed. Yeah. Just, just, just very quickly, we did get a comment there as well. Uh, uh, v Read Mill, uh, Apple VR and PSVR stores. So that's that's a great point to bring up as well. So Apple won't be put off by by a Meta store, solely Meta store. Apple will sure. do their own thing anyway. PSVR, I can I, I see that, but I see it as a completely different market anyway. Um, mm -hmm. with, with regards to that, that's not that's not in competition with Meta. PSVR is not in competition with with Meta. What Meta are doing at all, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I, I could, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. Let's see how it goes. Anyways. It's a bummer uh, though. Yeah. I think a lot of people were rooting for DECA, for yeah. sure, especially just the way they came out, you know, like this is what we're going to do. And yeah. They were nice so, guys. Actually, the community is behind them and got their backs, but yeah, they, they, still, they, they simply cannot pull it off because it's just too tough. So anyways, let's see what what kind of announcement they have next week. And um, dear DECA team, if you're watching this right now, and I know you're watching this right now, I would absolutely <laughs> invite you to come on next week to talk with us about everything, like how it didn't work out with the DECA Gear 1 and yeah, how you still plan to sell it. Because I know that lots of people put in the $10 and... They probably still want to get the device for probably even seven hundred, right? Like probably probably Daniel would pay seven hundred. I would buy one. I think it's yeah. the coolest looking headset out of any headset. It is. I agreed. Want to wear it. Most importantly. Most <laughs> importantly. Yeah. yeah, agreed. And also recently they put out some um, some pictures of a new controller. So just tell us about it. Just come on the show. You're totally free to join us next week, and we would love to hear from you directly about all the hardships that you have to face and everything. And uh, yeah, we would love to hear directly from you. So dear DECA team, this is an invitation for next week. Come to the Next Dimension podcast and simply 
tell us about it. Okay, let's go to the next topic. And that topic is interesting as well. And let me just share my screen with you and hopefully you can see it. So yeah, I was able to play after the fall and we had been waiting for this game a long time. Actually, I played it for the first time in 2019, like two years ago on Gamescom in Cologne here in Germany. And when I played it at that time, I was totally blown away. Fantastic. So zombie shooter with four people and uh, yeah, four people co-op and just killing the zombies. And now they're going to come out. They're finally going to launch the game on 9th of December in this year. So about a month in the future, uh, only a month away. And you will be able to get the poster in the next magazine, in the next VR Trend magazine. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that, actually. Because I think their, their art style is really beautiful. So I had the chance to play the game. And... I must tell you, I think I went into this game with the wrong expectations. So I also told this in my video that you're seeing right now. I thought this would be like um, Arizona Sunshine in the snow with four people, as in like a story. But then when I played it here with a, with a team from Vertical Games, actually it was totally not. This is Left for Dead. Right, so this is really like a shooter, a straight shooter. There's not much of a storyline. And you are there with three friends and you, you're simply like slaying those damn snow zombies. <laughs> and that's, that's the main thing what it's about. So you are in that safe house in the beginning and it's like a safe house with 32 other people that you probably don't know yet, some players. And it could be also your, your friends if you invite them with friend codes and then you team up and then you go for these harvest runs in these levels that are 20 to 30 minutes long, like linear levels, like like bigger levels. But it's 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 not like it's a story mode. It's just like it's, it's basically what Left 4 Dead gives us with five levels. So, yeah, so... Honestly, like my expectations were not met because I was waiting for that story game, but probably people who who go into this with this kind of left for dead attitude and they want this in VR, they are going to get it. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on whatever you have heard from the game so far, Gary? Let me ask you first. Um, yeah, so I've, I've watched your video on it, and a few people did uh, some videos on it as well. And um, yeah, I mean, it looks it looks really good in in it terms is. of what it's offering. Um, yes. but one of the things that I noticed went from the gameplay that people were showing. So this isn't your own gameplay that you were showing no, in your exactly. videos. It was, but it was, but it was actually exactly this what we see right now. Exactly it was that, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. So one of the interesting things sometimes when you play multiplayer games like this, and you see your teammates wandering around in front of you and you see them sort of skating on ice as they're moving backwards and forwards, their, their legs are not in sync and all this kind of stuff where you you have this kind of ice skating kind of effect where people move around in front of you. This this has a, a certain level where it looks really good. The other players look great in uh, in the arena with you. So I like yeah. that aspect of it. It looked, the, the whole game looked great. That's yeah, for sure. It, it, the, the graphics look fantastic. 
the my expectations were probably really what what this is. I did perhaps okay, great. Um, predict some kind of story. Um, uh, in some ways, but honestly, I wasn't thinking too deeply about it because everything we'd seen from it so far had been this kind of stuff. And just quickly, Arizona Sunshine is still a fantastic game. I absolutely love that. Um, but that is far more of my kind of game, that, that single-player narrative-focused game. This is not a game for me, and mm. yet I think it looks fantastic. And people it that does. are into that Left for Dead kind of thing, um, yeah, I don't see why uh, they wouldn't absolutely gravitate towards this because it looks like it's doing it so well. And all the impressions that have come out of it have been really positive. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what people make of it when it's released. Yeah, I think the beauty is just like being in this world with your three friends. Like being in VR together with friends and then doing some, some things together, this is just where the magic happens, in my opinion. But Daniel and Cody, what are your thoughts about After the Fall, now that you're going to have the poster in your next, <laughs> in your, in your next Man, issue? It looks, it looks amazing. I think a lot of us have been following this game for a while since we heard about it and, and you know, generating the hype, and we have high hopes for it. And, um, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's delivered. I mean, it, when it was originally pitched to us, when we first heard about it, it was like you know this can be a game kind of like left for dead and, yeah, and it is it left really dead is was a great game yes um, you're right and left for dead even though it was linear it didn't have a lot of love a lot of levels to it it had a huge amount of replayability i mean people today are still mm -hmm. playing the original left for deads online you're and right. stuff you know you're um right. so i think as long as they can as long as they can kind of cater that niche with um having you know different difficulty modes and you know i you know you want in, in this title, you upgrade your weapons, right? You don't upgrade your character. Yes, so like, exactly. how do those weapon upgrades work with the resources and how many upgrades are available? And and does it benefit you to team up with someone who has highly upgraded weapons compared to you before a round? And like, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of dynamics that we just don't know enough about yet that, You're right. that are going to make this game really, really interesting when it comes out. Um, if not anything, it's it's going to be a, a blast to play as a, as, as a multiplayer game, so. And one of the things they have done really well is just the cross-platform aspect of it. Too. Oh, exactly. And that's, so that's, that's what's going to keep it alive. Yeah, that's I mean, when you can everything. play with, when you can play, PC, you know, Quest people with PC VR and, uh, sorry, PSVR and all that sort of thing, I mean, you're never, you, in theory, you probably won't ever sit in an empty lobby. And that's what a lot of these yes. games have issues with, right? You're right. Um, and and because you're working as a team, it really doesn't matter if, if you feel like you have an advantage being in a fully room-tracked room as compared to on a PSVR or something like that because you're working as a team, right? You're not, there's not kind of that competitiveness about it. So um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's huge. And and who knows what the, you know, as we know with these guys, with Arizona Sunshine, there's always DLC and updates coming out. So I'm sure this is a game that you know, for the next few months, we're just going to keep seeing more and more and more. And that's exciting. These guys have a great track yeah. record. So Exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to say that. Uh, you're right. Let's go. They, they have a, uh, They've got the backing behind it. They've they've shown what they can do with uh, Arizona Sunshine anyway. So my I've, my confidence is through the roof with this. I think it's going to be great. Um, and in fact, just hearing you talk about it, I'm thinking maybe I should pick it up and go in there with Sebastian and play. <laughs> yeah, I some, think so too. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we should and do it. I I think you know one of the design decisions for these guys too is, um, you know, the shorter the shorter campaigns or the shorter missions, you know, the 20, 30 minute sessions where you can kind of drop in. Cause I think that's how a lot of people play VR at the moment. You know, I don't think that everyone is necessarily yeah. as hardcore as us. They're playing for, you know, all day, basically, you know, a lot of times it's just, Hey, you know, I got 30 minutes, 
before bed, I'm going to pop on really quick. I want to shoot some zombies with my friends. And then you have the whole aspect of upgrading guns and things like that on top of, you know, I, I played a ton of Left 4 Dead. So, you know, I, I remember playing through all the difficulties. And then once you got to the highest difficulties, that was pretty much it. But if you add a whole upgrading component to it with different guns and mods and things like that, like that's, that's going to be a blast in my opinion. So I'm really looking forward to that. And really looking forward to actually having people on to play with too. So I think that's going to be a game changer in terms of VR and hopefully more games utilize that. Yeah. And from everyone I've heard who's had, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sebastian, who's had the opportunity to play it, the, um, the, uh, I mean, the, from what I've heard is there's not a lot of, not a lot of jank with it. It runs really smooth. That is it, it feels beautiful. really nice. It was fantastic. It's, it's what you'd expect from a, yes. you know, no, they, a, they really, they absolutely nailed it. Like from, from, from the game itself like it works so fine and i think it's just like you said um cody it's so cool that this is cross play that it simply works no matter if you have like psvr friends or quest 2 friends you can simply play together with them and i also agree with what you said in terms of how easy it is to pick up like yeah, like yes, like I was expecting something probably like Arizona Sunshine or so or whatever. But honestly, if you really think about it, probably that would be too complicated. Like we have like like um, the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, and you know it it really it, you really have to get into it. You you have to spend like 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 hours to really get into the gameplay to really enjoy it, and that's not for everyone. But this yes. You can buy your quest too. You can put it on and go into that and simply kill zombies, snow zombies with your friends. So yeah, that's fantastic. That's really good. So so if you simply go into this with these expectations, wow, amazing. You can kill lots of zombies with your friends and it, it it's beautiful. I think it's going to be a friggin' blast. And so yeah. We haven't seen a side by side. We haven't seen actual footage from the Quest version. Correct? You're right. Exactly. We have so just I seen. Wondered, yeah, right. After seeing this, I mean, there's no reason why the Quest wouldn't want to take version might not take advantage of that that warping as well, right? You're right. Exactly. I mean, who, who who knows? And 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 I'd be curious to know what those side by side comparisons are going to look like once it does does come out. Because on PC VR, it looks amazing. It was know? fantastic. Absolutely. Totally. It, it looked just great and it worked so well. And there's like so many of these snow zombies coming at you from all the sides. It was crazy. <laughs> so I, I, I really That's wonder, really I, I really wonder how that Quest 2 version is going to look like. And yeah, probably it should use that, that um, application space warp as well, because it was just like too overwhelming how many things were coming at you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be fun to play this with friends. Absolutely. So that is that's going to be really cool and it's going to come at us on 9th of December on all the platforms and it's going to set us back $40. Yep, a normal price, right? It's uh, but for VR, <laughs> unfortunately, oh. it's like oh, it's so expensive, but yeah. Two movie yeah. tickets? Oh. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm looking forward to find out about all the other levels. I only played like one map. There's five maps. And also, you're also right about um, Vertigo, like giving us more content. When I talked with them, they told me 
Sebastian, this is only the beginning. Those five maps, they will drop way more on us. And they only want this to be the beginning and they will give us way more content. And yeah, let's simply enjoy it for what it is. Like a crazy shooter that you can enjoy with your friends. And let's see, let's simply see what's going to give it give give to us come 9th of December. Yeah, cool. So we have finished all of our topics. Now <laughs> it's time to get to know Daniel and Cody better. <laughs> I'm, I'm so much looking forward to that. So let's start now with Daniel. Tell me about your first experiences with virtual reality. Um, my first real experience, well, I've tried the, the, um, the original Oculus. I think it was the one of the dev kits, but my first real experience would have been in a mall in Idaho. <laughs> um, it would have been four days after the original Vive launch. Um, there was a kiosk at a mall and they were playing Brookhaven, which was one of, you know, one of the first few oh, games yeah, that came right. out on the Vive, which was a terrifying game back in the day. Um, and uh, I went in and I paid like $20 to play it for 10 minutes. And um, I walked out of the kiosk and I got on Vibe's website and put one on my credit card um, that I couldn't afford. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, got, I got it about, uh, probably about two weeks later. And I spent the first, I took a week off work and I spent that first week in VR nonstop. Um, a lot of, I, I think at the time, I'm trying to remember what was even out. I think it was a lot of hover junkers and, um, <laughs> and, uh, um, the all space was one of the only <laughs> other apps available on there, but, um, and then hi-fi, um, I jumped in high fidelity right away. I think that was one of the first apps I entered. Um, but yeah. And, and then just, it kind of spun up from there, man. And, uh, but that was my first experience was playing Brookhaven in a mall, screaming like a girl because it was so <laughs> scary. And it was the first time I've ever experienced that fidelity of VR before, you know, not playing with a, you know, using room scale tracking, not playing with Nextbox Xbox controller. So um, it okay. was, it was unreal. And then uh, did you think like, okay, that's something that I want to work in, in my, no, in my, in your, no not at all. Okay. Not no, at all. It I was like, like, this fun. is a game. This is going to, I didn't think I wanted <laughs> to work in VR until my second week using it. Um, I was in high fidelity and I was one of like two people in there when the app first launched and they offered me a job <laughs> and I was oh, like, okay. Oh, okay, I guess I want to work in VR. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That's nice. So how about you, Cody? When was your first um, um, VR experience and, and what was the impact on you? Yeah. Uh, Dan actually introduced me to, to VR. Dan's always been kind of a, an early adopter of most technologies and just loves to show off stuff and, I went over to his house one day and I, I ended up playing bats and um, it was definitely a game changer. And then I ended up picking up uh, a Samsung gear. And I played a lot with that with just exploring like Google maps and, you know, playing uh, nobody, nobody talks, or wait, keep talking. Nobody, nobody explodes. Yeah, right, right. game. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good, uh, yeah. Yeah. So got into that and I definitely saw the potential of it. Um, it didn't really click to, make a magazine until Dan and I were both working in a publishing company. And then it kind of all came together in, in that regard, but definitely knew that VR was going to be the future, you know, and just 
had to figure out a way to to be a part of it and yeah everything kind of stem from yeah. there so okay okay so you, you both had these nice experiences but it's still a huge um yeah it's still a huge um step to say okay we're going to start something in that regard right <laughs> i yeah. mean to say okay yeah, we're going to do this now. And you, you have mentioned that in the beginning already. So you, you came up with the idea because you're working together in that publishing um, company. Because So you know how things work, as in like uh, publishing a magazine, right? You know how that works. Kind of. I mean, we, yeah, we, we, we knew the logistics of it. We didn't yeah. necessarily know the starting portion of it, obviously, because we were already working in an established company on there. So that was definitely an experience, you know, getting, getting started with everything, you know, we had to track down our own printers, you know, we, we had relationships with a different couple different companies and just trying to find the right one, you know, you had to decide on magazine size. You'll, you'll see it when you, when you get a Sebastian, but our magazine is definitely yeah. a little bit larger in terms of, okay. you know, your typical magazine. I don't know what they're yep. doing in and Europe right now, but and it's thicker size and, and a higher gloss finish. Cause we wanted it to feel a little more premium. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah, because right. of that, we had to find someone who could actually print at that size, and not a lot of printers could. That was our biggest issue with when we started international shipping was we <sighs> couldn't find any printers in Europe that would print that size without shrinking. Oh, the really? Wow, that's yeah. interesting. It's such a weird we sh we it's a weird size. I don't know why we're. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I love the quality of the magazine, and I think it's it's closer to like book quality versus you know like a, a cheaper thinner magazine on there. So I definitely can, yeah. And if you, you look from like like Gary, the one you're holding, like if you look yeah, from our first issue, that's three that's stapled, right? And yeah, then we right. went to our third or fourth issue is perfect bounce. There's no staples anymore. It looks yeah. so good. Um, that's what which I was going to say. The quality has definitely improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In yeah. in the first iterations, of the magazine, you know, when you're talking about staples on there, basically the the middle page would always like come out. We use such thick paper that <laughs> yeah. people were getting their first magazine. As soon as they yeah. opened it up, they thought a poster was sliding out, but it wasn't. It was just like the middle page. Yeah. I saw it on YouTube videos, like where people say, yeah, like, oh, it happened on, oh it my happened God. On, someone did like, yeah, I forgot who did it. Uh, didn't open, was it V or Gamer Dude or someone? Didn't open things like, oh, it comes with a poster. Dude. Yeah, and yeah, right. It, it wasn't not. a poster, it was the middle page. And we were like, oh no, dude. No, oh no. no. But so definitely a lot of lessons learned in yeah. terms of, that and we knew that we wanted to eventually transition into a perfect bind yeah. on there and, and just kind of the nature of the business you know to make a a business model a sustainable business model we knew that we obviously needed to print more you know it lowers printing costs and all that but eventually we figured out how to do the perfect bind on there so i think it's definitely gives it a more professional look yeah well that that, that first um that first issue it was almost just the novelty anyway i didn't because my yeah. my the middle pages of mine sort of fell out but it, it <laughs> almost didn't even matter honestly because i just thought <laughs> this is fantastic just having a physical vr magazine anyway but yeah i mean like you said i mean i can completely see the difference in quality yeah. how, and how much you've grown over um the course of these issues to get to this point now where i mean this is a completely professional magazine there's no difference that i'm seeing here um so yeah it's fantastic yeah the difference especially yeah i mean the amount of and when we guys when we talk about making the magazine i mean when we talk about the design and putting it together cody does all of it like just by himself like he's just sitting at a computer sweating while i'm watching anime putting together this magazine right so um you know and and you look at the first one in the second issue and then you look at our fifth and sixth issue and 
the, the way the design is done, the way the borders are done, the way everything is put together is just night and day. And it, 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 it's so cool to look at now. Cause like me and Cody still will open them up. We'll be like, dude, like this, it's a real magazine. Like we made a real You guys made it. You guys made it. It's so fantastic. And the coolest part about it is we can flip through every page and see a name of someone we know. Hey, this was written by by Alex VR. Hey, this was written by Skiva. Hey, right. this was, you know, here, look, Gary Walker. Like there's all this stuff. Here. Like you look through here and you're like, hey, I know all of these people. Like these are all That's people so I interact cool. with on a daily basis. And it's so cool seeing like that come together. Cause you know, 10 years from now, that magazine is still going to be there. And you're still gonna be able to come back to it almost like a yearbook, right? And be like, oh my gosh, I forgot. I wonder what's going on with these guys. Dude, it's it's yeah. so fun, man. It's and so fun. Yeah, going into that, obviously the way we procure our content is almost all of it is submitted through the community. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's so cool. It's definitely been a learning process, but really the community has just been so awesome in providing. Yeah, us I mean, articles. if they don't send us anything, we literally have nothing to put in the magazine. <laughs> we have we have people who have consistently wrote for almost every issue, right? Who continue yeah. to write stuff and do stuff for us, um, which which gives us like a good foundation to base every issue off of, which is which is great. Um, and there's never a shortage of people that aren't, you know, we haven't found a shortage of people who don't want to share their passion about mm -hmm. VR and what they're working on. I've also so, found a uh, a Decagear interview as well. So there you go. Important. I was thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, we were talking the about Decagear it. interview is in there. That's right. Yeah, that's that's so fantastic. Yeah. So, and, but that stuff like people will look at that, you know, even three, four years from now, Gary will open that up and be like, "Oh, I forgot about that." Yeah, you know, <laughs> wonder what's going on with Decca now. You know, where's my ten dollars? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, yeah, it, that's really cool. That that somehow you yeah. you kind of capture the moment, and and then exactly like you said, like okay, uh, ten years later, you will remember what happened at that moment, and. You don't have that with other media, like and, okay, YouTube channels or no, but but this yes. Oh my god! And it's hard, and because we still need to like, we still need to stay relevant, which is really hard, right? Because we come out every two months, and you guys are covering right. news every day and every exactly. week. So by the time we get the news and get it to everybody, <laughs> it's a couple months old. So we need to have a different perspective on it, right? We need to have, okay. we need to be talking about it in a way that's not, you know, just here's a game and here's why you should get it that you haven't heard a hundred times you know, already. So we're constantly looking at those things and which is a reason we integrated the AR into the magazine, right? Because we're mm -hmm. trying to, we're trying to make the magazine, we're trying to give it more utility. We understand what it is. We understand what it can do. Um, we understand that a physical magazine isn't for everyone. So how do we find a way to bring the technology instead of bringing the magazine up to the technology? How do we bring the technology back down to the magazine? Well, Hopefully in the soon, soon AR glasses will be the future. AR will be more consistent in VR and you'll be able to just flip through this page with your headset on and watch all this stuff pop out. I and if you yes. see a game you want to play, you reach out and touch it and then a demo launches, right? And right. you're playing it in VR. And so we have all these big expectations for what we want it to be as well as some other things we're working on. But the, the core of the magazine is to be a community curated magazine and just something for us to, to have fun with, to, to um, help a lot of these independent developers and a lot of these people with a passion just get their word, get their thoughts out there. You know, they don't, my, they don't have a, I'm not saying we have a huge platform at all, but we have a, a very, we, have. we have a very good cultured community of people who, who are interested in what's going on. And, and so many of those people look at the magazines um, and find out things that they didn't know about, you know? And I think that's the, the cool thing of it. Like, and we're bombarded with information, but when you sit and look at something, 
you it's you come across hidden gems every now and then you know and then kind of going back into what dan was saying just we have a lot of freedom in terms of what we can talk about we don't necessarily right. you know we, we're not scrambling for views via you know youtube or whatever it is. we don't have to talk about <laughs> the latest quest update if we don't want to right. we can talk about whatever we want so that really opens up you know the subjects that we can get into you know we yeah. one of our big articles is going to be um vr for good so like in this newest issue we're just going to basically bounce around to a bunch of really cool positive messages that people are doing mm -hmm. in VR. Yeah, so we reached out to companies who are using VR for, for therapies, um, individual streamers who are streaming VR for, um, you know, for, for victims of, you know, PTSD, um, uh, for cancer awareness, for all this sort of thing. We're reaching out and grabbing all these people and putting it into a formula and saying, here's people who are using VR for good. Here's how you can follow. Here's how you can become a part of it. And, and, you know, I, it's, it's never bad to have too much of that. Right. And, right. and I think bringing a little more bringing platform to these guys who can't really develop these platforms themselves, um, or just don't have the time, um, or the abilities to do it is, is, is great. It makes us feel like, you know, we're doing something good and we get great content for the magazine that we genuinely believe people want to hear. They want to hear like, you know, you might read something in there and be like, wow, this applies to me. I did not know that there was a whole, um, company that just um, builds accessibility options for VR, right? For people who are missing limbs and people who can't walk and that sort of thing. And how do I get involved? You know, so it's yeah. it's exciting, man. Or or even just the way like people within VR chat are building, you know, immersive theater experiences. You know, things like that. Yeah, that we get to talk about. And that's not to say either that you know, obviously, we're going to still cover games, things like that. That's going to be a major component in the magazine, you know, this issue we have after the fall, we have, you know, interviews in there, just a lot of details about yeah. the game we're really excited about. We're just trying to dig in more into culture as well, like the culture behind Perfect. it as opposed the gaming, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I'm just flicking through this magazine as well, just looking at some of the stuff and how you cover it. Because the, the thing is, like you said, you don't need to, you can capitalize on things that, that YouTube either can't do or it, it won't, won't do, do simply because... Yeah you have to stay absolutely relevant on the latest thing to get the views and get the clicks and th this kind of stuff with mm -hmm. a magazine like this, where you can have features, uh, interviews and perspectives. I'm not saying YouTube couldn't do that. It's just that you, you can thrive on that and capitalize the fact that, that a lot of YouTube won't, won't go into that, that depth. Um, so I'm looking at stuff here. So in this issue number four that I've got where you're interviewing uh, thrill seeker, and you're getting a different kind of perspective from this kind of person, um, which you won't get from his YouTube channel. You're, you're diving deep into interviewing him and this kind of stuff. And I think that that's the kind of uh, place where uh, an actual magazine that you can hold in your hands and do this kind of stuff and take a, a step back more and just depth. have a, a bit more yeah. of a perspective on certain subjects. Right. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And that was, yeah. And those are the funnest things for us. Like even that, that thrill interview was so fun, man. It was so fun. Because I mean, think about it. I mean, you, well, you, you know, you guys know, I mean, you, you, you do these videos and stuff and, and people see you a certain way, you know, and then we have a chance to sit and talk to someone with for a couple hours, you're like, Oh, my gosh, dude, like, this is such an interesting just, person. Yeah, just hearing the background like, of how yeah, how like how, how they got started. And everyone has a similar story, right? I mean, we all found a passion. We all found something we loved. We're all trying to figure out where our where we fit into the puzzle of of this, you know, of this, this VR world. And, <laughs> exactly. um, and it's, it's super exciting. And, 
And, you know, and that's another reason we did it. We integrated the AR stuff too, like, like you said, um, for, for people who are watching those YouTube videos and, and YouTube's, you know, a huge part of the VR community. I mean, all the information I get regarding VR is from YouTube videos, essentially, like mm -hmm. a lot of the new stuff, if it's not devs reaching out to me, it's what I find watching your guys' YouTube videos, right? Yeah. So, um, so that's <laughs> cool. huge. Like we did stuff like in the last magazine, we have an ad in there from, I think, um, from Matt BMF, right? And what's cool is every every week, anytime he puts out a video, you can point your phone at his page in the magazine and it shows his newest video. Well, that's directing cool. directly to his YouTube that gives him a view on his YouTube, right. right? So there's stuff like that that we're trying to utilize to be like, hey, mm. it's like your content's still valuable even outside of YouTube and it can still be used to drive that traffic there um, through a, you know, a paper magazine, so. <laughs> Paper, uh, paper, <laughs> yeah, paper. This looks this strong, so cool. strong paper. Yeah, strong <laughs> you can't, paper. you can't thick. get a post. You can't get paper. Paper. That's some thick paper. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can't get a poster from an e-magazine though. So yeah, you're right. giving his posters as well and stuff. So that's, that's, that's oh, yeah. so yeah. that that justifies it in itself. That's so great. Yeah. No, and, I, I I definitely think there's an importance, you know, for our platform and just having a little bit of the freedom to basically say what we need to say and our thoughts about VR and. You know, anyone is welcome to write for us as well. So if anyone's watching and listening, if they have something to contribute, you know, yeah, feel free to email we us. We don't need a we don't need a resume. You don't need to have past experience <laughs> writing. It's just write about something you're passionate about or hit us with an idea and or That's if great. you just want to write something, you don't know what to write about, we have plenty of Steve, we have plenty of keys sitting in our inbox. We need people to play and, and wow. write for, you know. So we're always okay. looking for that. And it, it it's community based. I mean, without the community making the content. We have nothing to put in the magazine, you know. Right. So, um, it's so we rely really on that. community. It's really community driven, and and that's what I think is fantastic that you yeah. can read the magazine and then you will find, yeah, articles from Skiva or what. That's so cool. That's fantastic, and I also love that you're looking into this AR aspect, as you just just have mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering, probably you should work together with Stan from, from Ling. So there's going to be some people who are going to have this magazine. And if they look at it through the links, probably you can have some things pop up, you know? Yeah, and we can Just, set triggers, right? So that's what yeah, we're you, thinking. We're like, oh, you look at this, this game review, right? And you look at it. And if you tap it, it sets a launch trigger, you know, um, within the app in your headset, and then it launches that demo right on your headset, right? Exactly. That's so, so cool. I mean, that's there's so just... many ways it can be utilized in, in a cool yeah. fashion, and and we're just at the beginning of it. Yeah, the it's, AR it's component is actually very powerful, and we're just we just rolled it out with our anniversary anniversary issue, and yeah. you know, we always had this idea, and uh, <sighs> we were approached by the uh, Halo Halo team, Halo yeah, or, light, uh, up. light up, Halo light AI, up, yeah. yeah. Um, we were approached by those guys, and they basically gave us a means to you know make this come to fruition in here but um yeah we're just getting into the ar component of it and that would be mm -hmm. awesome i mean that's a great partnership you know with yeah. links and yeah we reached out and we're like you know so spectacles and Enreal and all like we're just trying to find we we are trying to find that in with how do we how do we incorporate it into right. into the future right right now you can use it with your phone and it's great um but it's not as user friendly right than just looking at a magazine and everything pops up like a pop-up book i mean that's super cool, <laughs> you know? This is fantastic. And yeah, Lars just asked it. Are you considering something like 
having a 3D pop-up, but well, I think that, that's uh, the, the AR. You want to do this in, in AR, obviously, right? The first issue, we were going to put a card, a, like a, the Google Cardboard, flat ones that you could take out and build and put your phone ah, into. Ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, you're right. And that, then would, the, that would make sense, the, actually. <laughs> the amount that a piece of cardboard adds to our shipping is astronomical. <laughs> yeah, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. We, wow. yeah, I mean, there's definitely avenues that we want to explore, you know, 3D pop-ups. You know, we want to do stickers. Um, yeah. You know, maybe altering our poster size someday. Yeah. Uh, just making like a larger poster, maybe a double-sided poster. Like, there's a lot of means. Um, you know, outside of that, we're thinking. You know, we're we're currently working on building a Patreon lounge for people to just meet and greet. And the idea behind that is eventually we want to have the magazine uh, being available in a digital space, so you can actually read it in VR. So you're reading a VR magazine oh, cool. in, in VR, VR. and like, then I we can have it. with the the writers and with the you know with the people we interviewed, and then for our Patreons and our Discord users, they could jump in and talk with these people that they just read about in the magazine. So wow. we're, we're 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 finding new new and, and fun ways just <clears throat> to keep it interesting. But the core of the magazine is is the magazine, and and we love it. And when dude, like when you when you have a stack of them sitting on a table, it looks so cool, and you're cruising <laughs> through it, and people are like, oh, this is, I mean. You show it to somebody who doesn't VR know history. about VR, right? And it's hard to be like, hey, I'm going to send you some YouTube videos. But if you hand them a magazine and say, hey, flip through this when you're on the bathroom or whatever, like th there's stuff in there that's going to interest everybody, you know? Right. That makes so much sense. So Daniel and Cody, tell us a bit more about uh, what parts you specialize in. Like how, how do you like share the work of this magazine? Like I think, Daniel, you're more into like the PR part. Is it like yeah. this? Or so so for me it's a lot of because I've been, you know, working in VR for the last almost seven years, it's a lot of just wow, seven years is a long time. Yeah, I started with you know high fidelity and, and yeah, right. And then I was the US manager for Pimax for a little bit and Really? Um, what? Yeah. I yeah. never knew that, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. I worked, with, I worked with Kevin, he was out of the Florida office and I covered the yeah. IDO side trying to get trying to get Pimaxes into like, you know, Best Buys and Fry's Electronics and stuff. That's so um, interesting. Um but uh yeah, so um for me, it's just it's just finding the communication, finding the articles, reaching out to um, reaching out to new developers. So I'm constantly on Twitter, saying, looking at what what you know person is trying to create a new game or has an idea for a new game, and then saying, hey, you know, we want to talk to you about this game, even though it's not made yet. It might just be an idea. We want to be the first people to be like, we want to we want to put this in the magazine, you know. So when it becomes something, we can be like, hey. They were in the magazine at one point, but um, no. But there's so many. Um, there's there's so so much on just the communication standpoint. You know, like for me, it's keeping track of everyone who wants to write for the magazine, getting all the content together, getting the assets together, setting up any interviews we need, and then making sure Cody has what he needs to put the magazine together. Making sure he has the stories, the assets, and then I also do all the AR stuff. So after the issue, I go through once the issue's printed and add all the AR triggers to each image that then direct to a video or a 3D model or whatever. Yeah. No, this, the magazine in, you know, in Dan's credit would, it wouldn't exist without him. I mean, his going into this, he had such deep, great relationships with a lot of content creators, people who mm -hmm. wanted to contribute to the magazine and definitely he handles the entire social aspect of the magazine so that I can focus on just designing it. And I think we have a pretty good, system now in place where we can get these magazines out you know every 60 days dan can still implement all the ar technology we can test any of the cool new features that we're working on and stuff that we're doing you know and yeah. dan mm -hmm. is 
definitely agree with that. I can, I, I can remember that very first tweet that you put out, by the way, uh, <laughs> Daniel. I think you put it out. Is that right, Daniel? You put a yep. tweet out just asking people. So, yeah, of course, I liked it and, and replied uh, saying absolutely because I'm a big fan of actual physical magazines anyway. I, I have Retro Gamer Magazine. I get Retro Gamer Magazine, which is because I'm a retro <laughs> gamer as well. So I like that kind of stuff. So absolutely, it was it was great. One thing I was going to ask both of you guys is when, when you put that tweet out, were you basically going to do it anyway or was it the response that tweet got? That, that it was the response. Away? Like yeah. we were basing it all off that tweet and looking back, I don't even think it got a terrible amount of likes and stuff, but just, it was just enough people saying that sounds awesome that we were like, we got hyped and we're like, well, we should do it. Even if we just do like 12 of them for a, a small group of people, it'll be fun to try and do, you know? Yeah. And then when we made the Patreon and then I made a Twitter page and we said, we're doing it. Then a lot of people liked it. And then it was like, oh no, dude. This isn't good. <laughs> oh, we no. were, I think we were kind of, we were definitely playing with the idea. Um, but the time frame definitely, you know, with that tweet and then the, the secret launch of our Patreon where people found it and started signing up definitely accelerated the entire thing. You know, yeah. we, were, we were thinking maybe we would have like half a year to work on this before we, you know, started printing. But yeah, we literally put out the tweet and then had a magazine out in two months. Like, cause we yeah. had to, wow. people started right. thinking, yeah. And that was without no and the, well that's like what we made me think you you do sort of we started. probably went in there we probably went in backwards in terms of you know we probably should have had a kickstarter in the beginning on there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you know had a better idea of like the demand for the magazine you know and what the we cost doing. and all that sort of stuff sure we yeah. kind of just flew in blind well but, i you know, whatever no, I, the reason I asked that is because it was very quick. I remember replying to that tweet and then basically getting a, a magazine through my door pretty quickly. <laughs> so I thought you'd, you'd already sort of sussed a lot of this stuff out and, and worked things no, out, but obviously no. not. Yeah, so you did really well to get that first uh, issue out. So so close. I mean, it was uh, yeah, we, we couldn't even go to print until the first Patreon payment went through because we had no money. <laughs> oh, yeah. right, right. So like we were literally just flying by the seat of our pants, you know, like we are like, okay, well, this is our first time using Patreon. Hopefully the money comes through and then we got to get it into an account and we got to hope it's enough to cover the, the, um, not just the magazines, but then the shipping. And we don't know how much shipping is going to cost. Cause we didn't look up any pricing beforehand. Like we didn't do any research. We were just Fine. like, we're making a magazine. What's it? We did the research on what's it take to make a magazine, but and, not. And on top of all this, COVID is like just happening. Yeah, literally. Oh, yeah, exactly. Everything's everything shutting down. Shipping like suddenly got 10 times harder and more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. There was just delays on a ton of that. Stuff. Then our job shuts down and we're jobless. Oh, yeah. No. So we're, trying to, we're, we're trying to do all this stuff and it's like, oh my gosh. Uh, but it was the thing that like kept us like excited, right? It kept us motivated and it was right. the only thing bringing positivity at that time into our lives, really. I mean, we had nothing. We, for a while, we weren't working. <laughs> You know, we, we, we were stuck at home and like the, the validity we we're getting from people on Twitter and the people who got the first issue, it was like, oh my gosh, dude, like, let's just do this. Yeah. This is right. I mean, we can't I, just I think, do this, but let's I, do this. I think looking back, I think maybe we should start a side hustle where we just help other companies get out their products faster because we know how to do it. So. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. You can do it in a yeah. fast manner. I love yeah. it. Going from like step zero to like full launch. <laughs> yeah. You know, two months. Let's do this. <laughs> two yeah. months is really good. But um, Daniel and Cody, so you were doing, doing this kind of next to your normal day job, but probably 
I mean, I can I can feel that passion that we share, right? To do this like full time, and I'm wondering, like, how much more Patreons would you need to make this happen full time? Like, at, at what point in time would you say, like, like fuck? Fuck this day job. I want to do this the full time because this is actually where your passion lies, right? Mm -hmm. So how yeah. far how far away are you from that point? I, I think that we could probably start to really focus on the magazine full time if we were probably about a thousand or yeah, so. Yeah, a thousand. If we, if, we had, if we had like a thousand, thousand patrons, people who were doing yeah. every 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 month, um, that that might get to the point because then. What happens is then we have enough um, readership and another cost per impression to, to charge more for advertising, right? Okay. Which is, yeah, right. I mean, when, when you look at the mag, everything the Patreon brings in goes directly towards printing and shipping. Okay. Me and Cody have yeah. never been able to like, you know, buy some pizza with our Patreon money or anything. <laughs> so it goes, it's all gone the second we get it. So <laughs> it, the, the only way we make money is if we're shipping enough to where our cost per the magazine, because we're hitting quantity minimums, goes down, right? So right. until the cost of what it costs to print the magazine goes down, um, you know, it's it's kind of a wash. So, which is fine. I mean, it's that's totally fine. But um, but yeah, if we wanted to do it full time, because our goal would be to put out a magazine every month, right? Not every yeah, that makes months. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That would be much better. People can count on <laughs> and be able to hire one or two solid you know graphic designer and a writer and and support them and and be able to really build it but um you know we're still you know we're a year in but we're still scaling i mean we we're still trying to figure out how to scale i guess is the word and this kickstarter was kind of our first thing um and and luckily i mean we we funded early last night or this morning um, not a huge not a huge amount but it's a huge enough amount for us that it's going to allow us to to take care of some very visible problems that we have, which is our shipping international um, and and just um, our ability to get things printed, done and on time quicker, mm -hmm. right? right? Instead of like, you know, because there's some months where maybe the Patreon doesn't cover all the printing costs. So me and Cody have to cover that ourselves. So it's like, all right, well, we have to wait a week to print because we need to make money to where, you know, so we can print it. So it, it's stuff like that. Um, but, you know, so this this helps hugely. Um, definitely alleviates a lot of the, the stress in yeah. terms of, and, and not only that, but you know, there's, there's a lot more I want to do with the magazine in terms of improving the content as well mm -hmm. on there. And just being able to, if we had hire, a full month to work, like if we could work on it full time, the, the, the content and the, the design of the magazine, I mean, could you, it would be so amazing. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And, you know, just, just being able to, you know, pay specific writers or just hire someone to help me with some of the graphic design portions of it so I can spend a lot more time focusing on the general direction of it is is a it's gonna be a game changer. So yeah I'm I'm really excited about everything that's happening and mm -hmm. I I think that everyone in the VR community is freaking amazing. Yeah. So. It's it's cool because so I mean, everyone in the community is like everyone roots for us. I mean we have <laughs> like there's days where we're like like two days ago and we're like we're we're 35 funded and we're just like dude we, this ends in two days like, <laughs> what are we gonna do and then you know you get people like you know like skiva and all these guys who are just like pounding it on their twitter and saying guys we need to get these guys there they're doing an amazing thing and and yeah. it's so like validating for us mm -hmm. and it just it always feels good when when the people that you want to I don't want to say impress the most, but like we're trying to make this magazine to make the VR community 
like jacked and happy and feel like we're one big tight knit family. And, and we when are, they come, right? I mean, yeah, really. when they come back to us and say, come on guys, we need to get these guys. We need to do whatever we can. It's like, it's super humbling. It's like, dude, this is, this is why we want to do this. Like we we're, we're, we're not just like, we're not making this magazine just for random people. Like these are all, these are all friends and these are all, these are all people who've been part of the community and part of our journey since the beginning, you know, and it's unreal. And these people are just helping us and they're basically just helping us accomplish our dreams. And it's just, it's, it's, amazing. yeah. I mean, we have it's people, like I said, we have people like, like Alex VR and those guys who they'll write for every issue and they're doing it just out of the kindness of their heart, you know, because they're, they're passionate yeah. about it and they love that we're doing. And that's, That's insane. It's, it's amazing. Sterling insane. Youngman just says, you just got another $50 from me. That's incredible. Nice. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Sterling. And I, you, I, Sterling. I simply want to tell all the people who are watching this right now or who are, who are listening to this podcast later on, this is obviously such a cool project. I love the passion of Cody and Daniel. And well, It's really something that we as a community should support. And they said it, with $1,000, they could probably work on this full time, giving us like one issue every month instead of like bi-monthly, which, which would be amazing. And right now they are 360 Patreons, which is way too little. That's good, of, that's good of course. And I'm, and, I, and I'm one of them since today, yeah, way too late. But I really want to get this, to drive this point home, it's about, it's people like Daniel and Cody who are like holding this community together and who are like contributing in such a huge way. Why not support people like Daniel and Cody with a couple of dollars? I mean, come on, really. We're spending five dollars in Starbucks, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Now, really, which is one coffee, right? And yeah. And, and like I paid like nine One euro a month gets you a magazine. Exactly, gives that's you a magazine. That's, that's our next tweet. Thank you. But it, but it's <laughs> true. It's it's really true, right? Like I, like okay, I pay like nine euros, and you're sending this to Germany, to from the United States to Germany, and it's it's so interesting. Thirty oh, euros. <laughs> so yeah, so. So, dear people who are watching this right now, go to patreon.com slash VR magazine and simply support those guys and get an amazing magazine. So, Daniel and Cody, please tell us about your, your tiers, your Patreon tiers, because it's not, it doesn't have to be nine euros, right? If you're in the yeah. States, it's even cheaper. So, yes. And if you, don't want, the, if you so. don't want the paper magazine, you can also get the digital sure. one. So, tell us about it. What's yeah? So we have a we have a digital tier, so you get it in a PDF. All of our magazines, and what's cool is you get access to our entire library of magazines as well. Yeah, for, for that price, I think it's three dollars per month. So you're paying six dollars for each issue. Yeah, it's two ninety nine. And what's cool is if you even if you join today, you get you can go back through our posts and get the PDFs of all the issues. Yes, right, exactly. One, two, three, yeah. and they're print ready PDFs, man. Which, which is not usually the case when you're you're talking about magazines like that, like. I don't know of any other magazine that offers a, a service like that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we have our like US tier where you can get uh, just the magazine and then you can get it. Uh, there's another tier for magazine, magazine and, and poster. poster. Mm -hmm. And then same with the international. Essentially, you just have either the magazine or the magazine and poster. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, dear people who are watching this right now, we need this. We need to get this to at least 370 right now during this show. Come on. <laughs> That's true. I mean, yeah. come on, come on. We have been entertaining <laughs> you for two hours and 14 minutes. 
At least get this to 370. Are you kidding me? This is be more than 360 right. people this. that would want a, a, a physical VR magazine. Surely, it's got to be more than 360. Yeah, exactly. Really, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. And, 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 what's, we, we, and we do sell some, like we sell some on our website and stuff to people who buy like the back issues, right? Who want to get their their issues up and stuff. But yeah, I mean, um, other than that, I mean, we're, we're in some VR arcades, but most of those, to be honest, we just send them to them um, because we, we want, okay. we, we know we need to get our name out there. We know, we know once people hold the magazine in their hand they and they're looking it, right? through it, they love it and they're yeah. jacked about it. So it's just, how do we get enough in people's hands? Right. I mean, right. Right. You know, we're still just two people. So we, we're, <laughs> 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 two yeah. guys who love VR. Yeah. <laughs> trying to, trying to fit, in Idaho, right? It's not yeah. like we're in a big hey, hub hey. where we can go shell these things out on a street corner. I think so. one of the, the yeah. biggest selling points that we're going to have, Sebastian, is that you're going to obviously write an article for this next issue. Yeah, of course, I right. will. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, no, no, of course, gonna, of course, I will. Of course. We're going to get all those Aang fans going <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> Aang fans, I like it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I will totally, I, I'm totally rooting for you guys, obviously, because I, I, I can also see myself in this somehow, since I'm also just like you, just like a crazy, crazy, um, passionate guy who loves it and who wants to make a living in this industry. And I think because of people like us, the word gets out. And because of people like us, yeah, like the community has something to watch and to read. And I just love it, and I just hope that you guys can go full time on it because it's pretty amazing. If you can spend your whole energy on this topic, it's it's oh, just yeah. like a beautiful it's thing. Dream, to do. man. It's for a year now. That's been that's been the goal, and, and the we're dream, getting closer. Man. We're every yeah every so issue every issue we're getting we're getting a little closer, and it's it's exciting. Yeah, and you got uh, two new patrons right now already. So, we, oh. <laughs> yeah, this is working. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah okay. You guys have no like, you really have no idea how much every Patreon makes. Yeah, the biggest difference. I, man. I know. I mean, the I know, man. you know. I mean, the, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, you know, it's it's nuts. So we we and we appreciate it, and mm -hmm. and you know, we we try to let our you know Patreons know as much as we can. We're just eternally grateful. All, all their names are in the back of the magazine. We That's throw them so back cool. there, and we want people to feel like we want everyone, whether you're a Patreon or not. You don't have to be a Patreon to be part right. of the magazine. Like, if you want to be part of it and be in it, we want you to be a part of it because this yes. is it's it's our community, and and you know, and we just we just want to see it grow. And everyone has a different perspective on things, you know. So it's it's cool to kind of kind of hear them. Right, right. I'm, I'm 100% positive that it is going to happen, that you are going to reach that thousand. You, you just have to like keep on doing what you're doing right now. And yeah. I think you're doing a great job like to get the word out, to come into shows like this, and to simply mm -hmm. spread the word. Right, it's, yeah. it's just it's important to get to know you guys. <laughs> no, really, you. really, like, like yeah. even like I'm I'm late to the party to get to know you, right? But I'm I'm so happy that we made this happen, and uh, I I simply became a fan right now already. So it's it's great that you're doing this, and I'm sure you will get to a thousand quite 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 soon, and then you will, wow, you will be full time working on that VR trend magazine, and it's the only magazine out there, and it's going to stay like this for quite a long time. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty, it's amazing. Well, that's, that's just another important mission that we have is just keeping gaming magazines alive in general. You yeah. know, like you cannot find gaming magazines in store. Yeah, we went, we went, we went, we went to, we went to like Walmart. We went to all our big stores around here. And the only gaming magazines you can find are like a Fortnite branded magazine. Mm -hmm. There's just no gaming magazines anymore. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, because everything is in this internet thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Think I really, yeah. yeah, the internet. Maybe we should get on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But Keep on doing no. what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, cool, cool. Really amazing. We are already like on now for two hours and 18 minutes. It's um, a Wait, good time. Yeah, Sebastian, it's a good Yep. Can we, we have like a, we just released a, Oh, did you see the cover? Reveal. Did you see the cover reveal video? I, I, for our new I did. I did not. Where do I find it? Uh, it's just right on our. It's right on. You can grab it right off our Twitter, okay, the VR Trend perfect. Twitter. Yeah, let, let we just released there. it this this early this morning. Yeah, and we're super jacked about this next <laughs> issue. <laughs> okay, and the cover turned out so beautiful. VR Trend Magazine. Let's. Okay, here's your Twitter. Yeah, you scroll it... down just a couple there. Keep scrolling down. You'll see it. It'll be a video. There you go. Is it, is it this one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let, me, let me just. If you have uh, sound even better. Yep. I'm not sure if. The, can you hear anything? No, you can't, right? No. It's it's not a big deal, but the sound probably, is pretty cool. It's pretty epic. Pretty, the, music. the music gets us pumped. Let me start this again. Yeah. There's no sound now, but anyways, that's let's, right. let's have a look at this. Wow. Here it is. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. After the fall. It looks beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, it's also beautiful um, artwork, right? From Vertigo Games, really good, really good. Yeah. Oh, they had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys were amazing to work with. Yeah. Whenever we get Vertigo or like Surveos assets, they're always perfect. Over the top. <laughs> yeah. So good. Of course. <laughs> wow, this is the next issue. This is yes. the, probably the issue. When is it going to come out? When can I expect it here in the MRTV headquarters in good uh, old Germany? Oh, in Germany. Well, you always have to wait an extra week. I would two. say oh, early. Yeah. <laughs> no. We're, okay. we're wrapping it up probably in the next week or two. So expect it's early December. Yeah. Is what we're okay. looking at for G7. Yep. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah. Wow. The US, we're hoping we're hoping the, the US will have it before the launch date of after the fall. Um, Europe might be a you, you're typically you're typically about the next week after is when Europe gets it. Okay. What we've started doing was shipping in batches. So we'll sh actually ship the international first, and then they'll mm -hmm. print the US and ship the US. That way they kind of get them closer together. But we're still kind of working on, on on juggling that because, I mean, there's issues that we'll send to, you know, um, France or something that'll take three and a half, four weeks for some reason to get <laughs> okay. there. So it's, wow. it's, it's more customs issues. But yeah, right, it's, right. It's, essentially the ultimate goal is to just print it directly in Europe. Yeah. And then okay. Will, then shipping is just going to be, you know. That easy, makes sense. Easy, that easy, makes easy, sense. So. It's going to That's, happen. Definitely another iteration that we're working on, and yeah, one thing that the Kickstarter is going to help with. So, yeah, right. Simply getting the word out, and you got two more Patreons, two more closer <laughs> two thousand uh, Patreons. Thanks, guys. Thank I you, mean, everybody. really, like every single Patreon, it means a lot, right? Yes. I, I know it from myself. You. It's like so cool, and yeah, it's just great that people are signing up right now, and hopefully, yeah. more people are going to sign up when they show um, later later uh, when when the show is on iTunes and so on and so forth. So I'm going to put all the links to your Patreon, to your Kickstarter probably as well. But I think Patreon is more important, right? Because it's that, yeah. monthly, it's that monthly income that you can count on and then yep. it simply yep. work. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, perfect. Wow, thank you so much, Daniel and Cody, to coming onto the show, and I'm so happy to to meet you in person. And for sure, we're also going to work on something. And I also want to write an article for your magazine, obviously. 
And CES. Awesome. Let's get together see. CES. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Let's let's have a beer or two. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have a good two. feeling about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm so looking forward to this. Let's get more content out about the VR Trend magazine. And yeah, th simply thank you for coming to the show today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. This has been yeah. this has been super fun. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Thank you so much, Sebastian. I was pumped to, to be on the show. So. Perfect, perfect. Really so appreciate great. The opportunity. Yeah, thanks, Gary. You too, man. We appreciate it, you guys. Yeah, it's been Bye. great to meet you both. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, Gary, I mean, you even have the first issue. Are you kidding me? You'll be All rich. Right. I I'm mean, one, one of 46? <laughs> this is unbelievable. Are you in the first one or the second one, Gary? Uh, I mean, I'm in the first one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're yeah, in the look, first one? Oh, it. my God. You're There's even in it. Oh, my. With a picture. Oh, my God, Gary. I know. Man, I, if I, I knew I, before, I would have spent uh, given you one more beer in Paris when we met. <laughs> that that yeah, is so great. cool. It was great. The process as well, just writing for you was, was fantastic. It was just really easy, you know, just yeah. a few emails, article, and it's in there, and it's fantastic. Yeah, so, um, yeah, everything you said um, in terms of, like, uh, it's a, a magazine from the community for the community, and it all makes sense, honestly. Right. Exactly. And last, last, as one more question, is this magazine strictly focused on VR gaming or is there articles about other VR users like military, medical engineering? I believe yeah. yes, right? We dig, we dig a lot into VR in the industry. So VR in construction, VR in medical, how VR is being used to um, for stroke victims, um, VR for like paraplegics, VR in the medical field, VR in VR and music, I mean, we, we try to dive into a little bit of every industry, right? Um, great, so it's, it's VR as a whole, how is, how is VR changing the world? And what are the average, what are the people in just our community? Because most of the magazines based off the Twitter community, right? We don't have a big following on Facebook or anything else yet. We just haven't been able to spend the time to build it. Um, so, I mean, everything you see in there is, is people that you can go right at, you can read an article about someone building, um, building a software to help um, stroke victims. And then you can get on Twitter and start talking with them. I mean, they're just people who right. are readily available in the community. So perfect. Lars, you need to support them on Patreon right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, th so that's really good. Have you also touched upon adult entertainment in VR? Okay. So we are, we have about three it's or four interesting people topic. who talk to us all the time about writing for it. Um, okay. And we're, okay. You know, um, we haven't put anything in there yet. Um, we we were thinking about it two issues ago, but then we were looking at going to a distribution platform. And there's rules against kind of what you can and how you, how you market okay. a magazine. In that okay, sense. really? Okay, got it. Now that we're not, we can technically do whatever we want. Still, we can. We just haven't. We yeah. just haven't figured out the best way to implement it in a way that's still, right. um, you know. No, we're we're definitely open to it. I mean, I guess it's just waiting for you know, the right topic or yeah. article or yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. It's an, it's an interesting topic. And Lars it just is. donated on Patreon. It works. Hey, thanks, <laughs> Lars. Appreciate you, buddy. That's Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It, it has been a fun show with you guys and I'm sure you will be um, on again on the show and uh, sure. we're looking forward to it. So thanks yeah, again, fine. Daniel yeah. and Cody from the VR Trend Magazine. Amazing to get to know you and amazing to tell my audience or our audience about your magazine. And it's so cool. Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much for watching today's episode. This is season two, episode 15 of the Next Dimension podcast. If you enjoy this show, give it a thumbs up right now. And of course, if you have not yet 
like um, reviewed us on iTunes, then do that now with your iDevice. Open the podcast app, find the Next Dimension podcast, and give us a good review. That would be the best way to say thank you. And, well, it's not going to happen through the YouTube algorithm because the YouTube algorithm don't like these kind of two-hour shows. So we have found out that actually... If you would like recommend the show to your friends, this would be the best way to get even more people to watch the show. So if you have a friend that likes VR, why don't you tell him or her about this show? This would be amazing. Other than that, thanks for watching and we're looking forward to see you in the next episode. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.